Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Listeners, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Nathan Ivy Show and help Nathan keep the show independent.
Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome back. It is an absolutely tremendous Tuesday. And as always, it's my pleasure to be with you. A shout out to uh, Team and I and the Choppers this morning. How are you? And listen, family, please take a second to like and in particular share today's show. On today's show, I want to talk about numerous things. But to kick things off, I want to ask a question and maybe give you some answers. What did former Cincinnati City Manager Harry Black know about corruption at City Hall? I think there's a part to this story that a lot of people are forgetting. I want to remind you this morning. Again, what did former Cincinnati City Manager Harry Black know about corruption at City Hall? Something happened about two years ago that I haven't seen anyone else bring up. No one else is reporting it. This is yet another Nathan Ivey Show CDM exclusive that I want to I want to throw it out there and get your thoughts about this morning. Aha, we may have found something. Hmm. Might give us a clue as to who the FBI is looking at next. You don't want to miss this family. 513-873-7134. That's the number to the show. Now, we're going to get started in about, about 90 seconds. We're going to kick the show off, all right? I want to give you a second. And really, I want to give you 90 seconds to like and in particular share this show. Share this show everywhere. You don't want to miss this show. All right? We're going to talk about it. Also, within the last 24 hours, speaking of corruption, we have to talk about the video that was released by P.G. Sittenfield. Did you see it? Well, if you didn't see it, you'll see it and hear it on this morning's show, and I'll give you some flows about it. Plus, there is a smattering of other topics related to people, politics, and pleasure that we must and we will discuss this morning. This is Cincinnati's first daily digital talk show that focuses on the black community, of course, powered by the folks over at CDM Send Digital Media. If you haven't already done so, please circle back and make sure you like and enable the notifications on Facebook and also on YouTube. So whenever we go live, whenever this show goes live, you always get a notification. All right. Good morning to you. Buckle up and get ready. And we'll start in 90 seconds. Ain't 
Coffee Show is supported by listeners. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Nathan Ivy Show and help Nathan keep the show independent. to the Nathan Ivy show one man one microphone one mission now let's get back to the flow yeah talking to my mirror like I love you so much curving on my critics like I heard you so what you can't kill my confidence I think I'm the man tally all the f- I ever gave on my head lately I've been living like I All right, good morning, family. Uh, thank you for uh, sitting tight. I know we got things started later this morning. Had to work a few things out before we got started. Let me go ahead and put the cam up because we actually have a phone call that I want to go to. Look at it. I feel like I'm just washed out with the light here. Oh, there we go. Much better, much better. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you? Nathan Ivey in the house. Of course, this is the Nathan Ivey Show. Check me out. Look at this. This it is. Black Voices Matter. Yeah, these will be available this week for you if you want to pick one up. And uh, to all the winners, they are on the way. I'll be in contact with you later today. Uh, the sweatshirts came in. First merch. And uh, looking forward to it. You know, if you believe in Black Voices Matter. Hold on, let me move the microphone here. If you believe in that. Look at that. That's super dope. I know. I already know. I know. I know. Uh, good morning. 513-873-7134 if you want to share your thoughts this morning. But we got an early call. We got an early call. We I, I got to break everything, break protocol. I got to go straight to the phones this morning and say, hey, good morning, Miss Nettie, and welcome to the show. You did get it right. And I want to send a shout out, a belated shout out to Iris Rowley. I was on the phone that day, but you were deep into your show, and I held on and just listened. But hopefully soon I will have it where I can actually see you. Okay, that'll be great. That'll be great. Good morning to you. How are you? I am doing wonderful. And oh my God, I think nothing but good thoughts about you and wifey. Thank you. And I want you to play a song for her. Okay. It's by Lettucey. It's on the album Wild Card. It's her new album. And it's one on the number one, Anything For You. I think that is so romantic. Okay. And I want to say out to anyone out there that wants to listen to that, the girl can sing. She can show enough blow, but she touches your heart with this song. It sounds so real. Huh. You know, and we need real things today. And I'm asking everybody to pray for Tamara Denier today. Yeah. Today is her sentences. Yeah. And so please, everybody, pray for her that everything goes well for her, okay? All right. And, oh, Nathan, Ivy, I just love you. Always have. And I'm going to continue. Somehow I'm going to get in the Internet. I just haven't got into it <laughs> yet, but I'm trying to learn how to do it. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you so much. It's great to hear your voice this morning. It's great to hear your voice and to everybody out there. I love y'all. God bless. God bless. That's uh, Miss Nettie. She called me early on, so I'm doing what I'm doing, trying to make sure we can get the show on the air. 
And uh, she called in, and she was nice enough to hold uh, as I was dealing with some tech difficulties. Uh, but we on now, man. We on. They ain't stopping us. What is that there? We on now. They ain't stopping a damn thing. We back in the building. Back in the building, live on the internet. That's right. Tamaya Denardi is going to be sentenced today. If I believe correct, if I remember correctly, the the recommendation for the prosecutors was up to 30 months, like 18 to 30 months, something like that. That's like two years, homie. And uh, I'm hoping that she doesn't go to, to prison. I don't want to see her go to prison. I don't want to see Mr. Passon go to prison. I don't want to see Mr. Sittenfeld go to prison. I mean, they got to deal with the consequences of their actions. Now, of course, there is a difference between those three individuals. Tamaya Denard has pled guilty. Uh, Mr. Pastor has not. And Mr. Sittenfield has not. As a matter of fact, within the last 24 hours, he doubled and down. He released a video. I saw it on Twitter. I don't know if it was on other social media outlets, but I saw it on Twitter, which he talked to his supporters, talked about how he's doing now, and talked about his plans. We'll play it and discuss it. But first, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about... What did former Cincinnati city manager Harry Black know about corruption at City Hall? There's all these rumors out there swirling around about who's going to be next. Who's the FBI targeting? There's questions about when did this start? Why is the FBI targeting city council of all places? And we may have figured it out. What did Harry Black know? Shout out to City Magazine and Nick Swartzwell. A lot of folks might have forgotten this. They might have forgotten this headline. I'm looking at an article. And again, I'm going to tie this all back in to Tamaya Denard, Jeff Pastor, and P.G. Sittenfield, and a memo from the city manager, Harry Black, that was released. Now, the memo was to city council. The memo alleged, this goes back to April of 2018, so get into your mental time machine and go way back before COVID, go way back two years ago to April of 2018. When a memo was sent from the former city manager, Harry Black, stop right there. Just think about how so much of what we're talking about right now as it relates to city council and so much of how much we've been talking about city council relates back to city black. I mean, uh, Harry Black, former Cincinnati city manager. Think about it for a second. You ever heard of something called the gang of five? Now, listen, I'll stand by what I said. I thought in terms of the substance, it was politically motivated and a, a big ass waste of time. It is that's that's my opinion. I stand by that. But what kicked it off? What was what were they texting about? They were texting about Harry Black. Remember, family, go back with me. Remember what was happening? Harry Black. He hit the media and did a couple of things. Number one, he talked about how he said that there was a plot to get rid of the man who is currently the chief of police, that's Chief Elliot Isaac. Remember this? He talked about this publicly. And he sent a memo alleging that the mayor at the time, who is the mayor right now, John Cranley, may have traded an economic development deal for a campaign donation. Remember this? Wait a minute, that sounds very familiar because that sounds like basically what Tamaya Denard, Jeff Pastor, and now P.G. Sittenfield are being accused of. Of course, Tamaya has now pled guilty. The other two gentlemen that I mentioned have yet to. I got to make that distinction because I got to be fair. I do that for you and anybody else. Think about that. And then the mayor pushed back strongly against that allegation. 
And then, of course, we know what happened. You know, the mayor wanted city manager Harry Black out. We start learning about the fact that he liked to drink and said some crazy stuff to some staff members when they were in Denver or something like that. Remember this? There was this whole big old deal. Like, if people go back and remember what the Gang of Five text messaging scandal was all about, it was about Harry Black. That's what they were texting about. They were texting about the fact that the mayor at the time, who's currently the mayor, John Cranley, wanted Harry Black out. And they and wanted to give him, like, you know, some big old compensation package, which he ended up getting, what, $400,000, $500,000 from the city? Because he threatened to sue the city. Remember that? And they settled? Big money. $600,000, I think it was, if you add it all up. That's a lot of money to go away. Why? Why? What did Harry Black know? And what deal were they talking about? What what development deal were they? Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me that the city manager, previous to all of this corruption coming out, alleged that the mayor of Cincinnati traded an economic development deal for a campaign donation. How far did that go? Now, listen, I'm not telling you something you can't Google. You can Google it right now. You can go to CB Magazine and Google it. Just Google this headline. Cincinnati city manager details alleged ethics concerns with Mayor John Cranley. It was just two years ago. What did he know? What did he know? Hmm. That's interesting. If you look at some of the indictments, the timeline kind of, it kind of lines up. Is this the moment in which the feds start taking a look, a harder look at city council? If you go back to some of those indictments, they go back to 2018. Is this when they started saying, hmm, what's going down there and going on down there in the Queen City? What are these folks doing down here? Where the money at? What it, what it do? Now, I, I keep hearing that the next head to roll is going to be a white male Democrat. And I keep being told that it's on council. Well, the mayor's not really on council, but he is a white male Democrat. Will the mayor of Cincinnati get caught up in this somehow? Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. The memo provides a few more details. I'm reading verbatim. This article was written by Nick Swartzwell. Shout out to Nick Swartzwell this morning. The memo provides a few more details about concerns Black has expressed previously around Cranley's close involvement with the city's economic development department. Quote, during my tenure as city manager, I have grown increasingly concerned with the mayor's intrusive role in the economic development process from an operational as well as an ethical perspective. An ethical perspective. Now, this is worthy of our attention because of what has happened since this article and since this memo was sent to council. Again, this is a memo that the former uh, city manager wrote to city council. Quote, I believe that the recent loss of the Department of Community and Economic Development leadership staff, including the director and both assistant directors, within the last five months, represents a troubling signal. Was he right? Now, of course, at the time, the mayor's office strongly denied any ethical wrongdoing. Hmm. 
Hmm. And what exactly were those deals? What exactly were the deals that were in question that prompted the former city manager, Harry Black, to send a memo raising his concerns about operational and ethical? It's the ethical part that's getting to me. Like, ethical sounds like, well, it sounds like some of the things that we've seen Mr. Nard, Mr. Pastor, and uh, Mr. Sittenfield be accused of. That's what it sounds like to me. I'm reading directly from the CDB Magazine, Magazine article. Of course, it was it was uh, widely reported by a lot of, lo- I think, all of local media. I know the Inquirer did a couple of pieces on it, which I may read from you this morning as well. Check this out. The second example involves a 2017 deal in which Cranley's chief of staff, Jay Kincaid, was lobbying the city for a, memoria- a memorandum, memorial, a memorandum of understanding on behalf of a developer interested in developing a parcel on Elm Street. Elm Street? Isn't that... Wait a minute. Somebody check the record here. Is that the same street that that the development was on concerning Mr. Pastor and perhaps Mr. Sittenfield as well? Elm Street. Is that a different location? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Quote, I mentioned to the city solicitor, and again, I'm reading directly from what was already reported. This was reported, I'm reading directly verbatim from the City Beat Magazine article. I want to bring this back up. I think there's something here. I mentioned to the city solicitor that this concerned me in terms of both the ethical implications and the optics in that Mr. Kincaid is the former chief of staff to the mayor and the key person working on the mayor's campaign. So wait a minute. So... John Cranley, mayor of Cincinnati, white male Democrat, a man and his former chief of staff, as Harry Black wrote back in 2018 in a memo to city council, a key person working on the mayor's campaign, was involved in what Mr. Black called an ethical, maybe a dilemma or at the very least bad optics in terms of a development deal that had to deal with Elm Street. So let me pull this up with uh, Jeff Pastor real quick, because I want to just refresh my memory. Where was the deal? Where was the, what street was the development deal on that Jeff Pastor got hemmed up on? Oh, by the way, it's been reported within the last 24 hours that Jeff Pastor has been suspended from Cincinnati City Council for bribery and, uh, or after his bribery arrest. Again, to this point, Mr. Pastor should be looked upon as innocent until proven guilty. He has not been found guilty in a court of law, and he has not pled guilty to anything at this point. Again, please like and share this. Please share this. People need to hear this this morning. Uh, from what I'm reading, Mr. Pastor will be paid his $65,000 salary while temporarily suspended. How do you feel about that, Mr. and Mrs. Cincinnati taxpayer? Do you believe that while being suspended, while you're dealing with federal bribery charges, that we should still have to pay these members of city council after you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar? Like I said, at this point, he hasn't been found guilty of anything. So that's the way it goes. Let me see if I can find this. This is really interesting. This is very interesting. Let me think about this. Federal 
Federal prosecutors accused Pastor, who joined counsel in January 2018, of soliciting money from developers within months of taking office. He joined counsel in 2018 within months. Well, I mean, that could put you in April, around the same time that the former city manager, Harry Black, sent a memo to city council saying that something don't look right as it relates to the mayor's office and the development deal. Is it the same deal? Is that the same deal? Uh, People should look into it. People should look into it. What do you think? 513-873-7134. I want to get your thoughts. Again, I'm looking for the actual indictment for Jeff Castor. I want to make sure. I want to to see if this all lines up. I want to see if this lines up. Where exactly was the deal? Like, where was this development going to be? Is it the same space, the same development, the same address, essentially, as what as the deal that raised red flags for the former city manager? And now, I mean, if there is a connection, that would kind of make sense on some levels as to why they got him the hell out of town so quick. They got him out of, man, Harry Black got pushed out of town quick with a big old bag of cash. Like this. Like Santa Claus bag, if you believe in that nonsense. There is no Santa Claus. Telling you that right now. Call me up with that nonsense. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, What do you think? 513-873-7134. I do have more, but I want to stop right there. I want this all to sink in. Because everybody keeps talking about it. And again, I don't think it's all that. That ain't all that bright of a take at this point to say somebody else's head's going to roll. I mean, I hear it everywhere. Yeah, okay, we got it. You're probably right about that. Look at what's happened. We got three individuals on city council. They got hemmed up on corruption and or bribery charges. The feds have told you, and if you look at the press conferences, they've damn near implied it strongly that we, we look at it more folks. What did DeViller say? He said grand jury takes two weeks. So everybody's waiting two weeks to see who's the next head that's going to roll. So I'll take them for their word. <laughs> it's one thing to say something. It's a whole nother thing to actually be doing something. And right now, heads are rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. And I don't mean rolling Martin at all. They rolling. Yeah. Yeah, see, I mean, how much money did Harry Black get? He got like, I know he got at least 420-something thousand, right? And then that was part of the settlement. But I thought he got a little bit more than that. They put, they added more money, more money to it. Where was his money coming from? Why was, they, why was it so, I know you're signing NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, can't talk about this, can't talk about that. I get it. That's par for the course. We understand that. But why, why did Cranley want to get him out of office or get him out of Cincinnati or out of city government so damn fast? Remember that? And see, that's what, if you go back to the Gang of Five, that's what they were text messaging about, about. They weren't text messaging on, on how to hoodwink the public. And again, if it's wrong, it's wrong. You got to deal with the consequences. If it violates uh, sunshine laws in Ohio, that's what it does. Be smarter next time. But you also got to look at what the substance of what they were actually talking about. At least I do. At least I do. They were debating as to whether they wanted 
to go along with what the, the mayor wanted to do, which was push Harry Black out. Immediately, he had to go. Now, maybe it's as simple as you're the mayor, you're a city manager that you had a role in bringing to, you know, where he, he was in his position is now, you know, alleging or implying that you did something wrong. So now you don't like him no more. It could be as simple as that. Or it could be that Harry Black knew something. I'll leave it up to you to make your own decision. Well, you tell me. 513-873-7134. Again, people should look into that. This is just recent history. It's just two years ago. It ain't like it's, you know, under a whole big bunch of dirt and bones. I mean, it's right there. You don't, got, you don't need Indiana Jones to find this. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes. Just Google it. It's right there. Hmm. What did Harry Black know? And when he said that, when he wrote in that memo to counsel that there were ethical concerns, what exactly did he mean by ethical concerns? Was the mayor via his campaign manager and chief of staff, John Kincaid, doing something strange for a little bit of change? Right now, the mayor's like, we will root out corruption. He's Mr. Anti-Corruption now, right? This is my John Cranley pose. Mr. Anti-Corruption, right? Hmm. Again, I'm just telling you what what I'm picking up and trying to make sense of it just like you. If I had the full picture, believe me, I would tell you. 100. You can believe that. But again, I mean, you know, chew on that for a little bit and tell me what you think. Again, 513-873-7134. What was the location of the deal that got Mr. Pastor hammed up? Was it on M Street? You may remember that. I mean, it was just two weeks ago. It was all good just two weeks ago, man. <laughs> it was all good. Now it's all going to hell. Damn it. Was Chinadum and Dukeway involved in any way with the deal? The former Cincinnati City Manager Harry Black was raising red flags about back in 2018. Sent him up, sent a memo to council. So there's that. Again, there's more to that because I do have the answer for you, but I want to let it marinate a little bit. And I want to talk about Tamaya Denar. She's going to be sentenced today in federal court, and uh, I'm not happy to see it. I'm not happy to see it. I'm not happy one bit. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Now, Tamias has to deal with the actions of her, the consequences of her own actions. It is what it is. I ain't got no tears for her or anybody else, okay? Um, But I do sympathize in the sense that, um, and I'm looking at the Cincinnati Inquirer this morning, what happened to girl mayor Tamaya Denard? (laughs) And, woo, written by Sharon Coolidge and Kevin Grasha, who is not my favorite uh, Cincinnati uh, Inquirer article. I mean, that piece he wrote about Bruce Hoffbauer will forever stick with me. Some of the worst journalism during an election I've ever seen in my entire life. But it is what it is. I mean, people write what they want to write. He gets paid. That's why he's getting paid. He must be a professional, know what he's doing. But, you know, let me just say this. You know, a lot of people going to ish on the Cincinnati Inquirer because of the way they're dealing with this, especially as it relates with the black community. And I get it. 
I think that people in the Inquirer, some of them are more sensitive to these kind of issues, will tell you themselves that uh, there have been some mistakes and the Inquirer has room to grow. I get it. But this is the nature of media. This is the nature of media. Uh, I would not expect the Cincinnati Inquirer to not write these type of stories and be all over this. You know what I'm saying? From what we can see, Sharon Coolidge is all over this. She got the inside track, and this is what she gets paid to do. If people are upset with the media, you should be upset with the individuals that put themselves in the media. This is what media does. I know that conversation is probably broiling out there, and look at the This is what they should be doing. It. They should be talking about this. They wouldn't be worth their weight as a media company if they didn't talk about these kind of stories, but... Again, if you don't want to be caught up in the media, then don't do stuff that gets you caught up in the media. That's just how it is. But uh, I do, man. I, I just had so much. Um, I was so looking forward to see the impact that Tamaya Denard was going to have uh, in the city of Cincinnati. And, you know, there's a tendency of throwing the baby out with the bathwater in the court of public opinion, because that's where we are right now. This ain't no court of law. The facts don't matter. How you feel is the only thing that matters in the, in the court of public opinion, the court of public opinion. That's just how it is. If you don't like it, then stay the hell out of it. That's what it that's the way it goes. But I, I was looking forward to see the impact that Tamaya Denard was going to have. And I said it on this show. I'll say it again that, you know, mayor for sure. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of things about, you know, her politics, uh, her personality, the way that she carried herself as a black female on city council, the way that she represented the people. I'm talking about aside from these, you know, what she's pled guilty to that I think people should admire. I think and I know for a fact that there was ideas, policies that she was working on that would benefit our community. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, a lot of that, unfortunately, a lot of that is uh is is going to go to the wayside now. Unfortunately, hold on, I'm I'm testing to uh, Raphael Prophet right now. I told you yesterday we we got a uh, an interview with Raphael Prophet coming up at 9 a.m. this morning. Raphael Prophet is a black man from Cincinnati. A lot of folks in the audience know him. He's be deep in the community. He's out there. He's now running for mayor. So we're going to talk. This will be a bit of an introduction conversation. So let me text him the call-in number right now. Yeah, that's coming up at 9 a.m. So we're talking a lot of local stuff here. But back to Tamara Denard. You know, I'm I i uh, I'm not happy to see this. I'm not happy for her and her family and all the supporters. I'm not happy for the people that were working on with her on legislation, policy ideas that could move the needle forward for our community. I'm not happy about all of this. I don't want to see Tamaya Denard go to jail. I don't want to see Tamaya Denard go to jail. That, you know, I, I don't want to see that. Um, but, of course, I don't have any control over it. That's going to be up between her and the sentencing judge. And, again, for what I'm reading, she could get up to 30 months. Do the math real quick. What is that, two and a half years? <sighs> During COVID-19? Uh, U.S. District Judge Susan DeLott will make the decision. The prosecutors are seeking a prison term between two and two and a half years. From what I'm reading, she has asked for a sentence of home incarceration because followed by probation. Um, again, Judge Susan DeLott will make that decision, and it is what it is. Whatever it's going to be is what it's going to be. Okay? 
Uh, I don't have an inside track. I can't tell you based upon any available evidence or anything that you could call facts that would give me any insight as to what Susan Delight's going to do. We'll all be watching and we'll talk about it during and afterward. Uh, but it's sad. It's sad. And again, I don't know the details. I don't know if now that she's pled guilty, if she can ever run for office again. I don't even know if the community would ever accept her if she could run for office again. Because that's a steep hill to climb, right? I know what happened with Mary and Barry. The B set me up. Remember all this? And the people of D.C. elected him, I guess, two more times after that, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that was then. This is now. We're talking about Tamaya Denard. From girl mayor to corruption case, what happened to Tamaya Denard? That's still a question mark. It really is. 15 grand? And apparently, for what I'm reading, she was dealing with, you know, some heavy, you know, some heavy finances stuff like uh, student loans, hitting them in the pocket. I get it. I get it. Uh, but a sad end to what appeared to be a, a career, career that was just moving just like this. Trajectory was all golden. Living your life like it's golden. Everything's moving in the right direction. Then this for 15 grand? It just seems like a small amount. But again, it's not, 15 grand is nothing to laugh at. That's a nice little small chunk of money, especially when you're dealing with financial issues. Uh, again, it is what it is. Uh, people will have to deal with the consequences of their own actions. Remember bring, bringing a folding chair? If they don't make a place for you at the table, bring a folding chair. That was her one of her campaign sort of mantra slogans, whatever it may be. Remember that? Uh, she also got caught up in the uh, Gang of Five thing, which was a violation of the Ohio Open Meetings Act. Again, a lot of this stuff goes back to 2018. 2018 was a very interesting year as it relates to corruption, the FBI getting involved, these investigations. Again, I say it was April of 2018 when the former city manager, Harry Black, wrote a memo to city council saying that th there were some red flags in a deal that uh, the, the, the mayor of Cincinnati had some involvement in. And again, I ask, because people have been asking this question, so when did the Fed start looking at city council? Maybe that's when it was. Maybe it was when the former city manager, Harry Black, wrote that memo saying, you know, something strange going on here. Maybe that's when the FBI started running sting operations to, to, to test people. Let's test them and see what happens. Or, you know, maybe it was that in combination of what happened with Tamaya Denard. You know, as we know, with Tamaya Denard, Apparently, as the story goes, she reached out to developers asking for help in exchange for her vote. And then one of these developers went to the FBI like, hey, 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 I'm listen, maybe that's a combination of when it happened, going back to 2018. You tell me, your guess is as good as mine. Somebody knows the truth out there. Somebody's out there like, right now, they'll never call in. They'll just watch. They'll just watch like, where this Negro get that at? Hmm. It's just something to think about. You tell me, 513-873-7134. So look for that later on today. All my news folks out there, that'll be everywhere. Um, they're going to follow it. They should be following it. I'm not mad at any of the, the – I'm not mad at Sharon Coolidge for doing her job. That's her job. That's why she gets paid. I ain't mad about that. 
It is what it is. Also, this morning, Jeff Pastor suspended from Cincinnati City Council for bribery arrest. Another promising career. I stand by what I said. See, I'm not one of these wishy-washy mofos out here that I'm not Mike DeWine. I ain't, I, I got a spine and lots of muscles around it. So I don't just go which way the wind blows. I stand by what I said. Okay. Uh, I thought that Jeff Pastor, I didn't vote for him, but I thought that Jeff Pastor, when he got on city council, I said what I said, I'll say it again. He should, a lot of people was looking at him like, oh, he a black Republican. I'm like, wait, 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 he on council now. Let's give it a chance. Let's see what the brother can do. Let's give him some latitude to become whatever he's going to become. Those are my exact words. Let's see what the brother does. You know, he might, he might do something awesome for the, for our community. We need black Republicans. I got no problem with that. And, you know, Jeff was a whole lot of things. And so now this starts to make a little bit more sense as to what we were seeing. You know what I'm saying? You know, he got the Wakanda forever tattoo straight from the Chala's collection on his chest. And he working out, showing his back muscles, talking about how he's polyamorous and all this goofy ass stuff. Right. Like, what the hell's up? What's going on? It's all in that big, that mixed bag. You know what I'm saying? It's all in that mixed bag. You know, having girlfriends comes, you know, they they tell you, you got to take them out to eat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Women like men that have money to spend on them. And you on council, you a somebody? I'm sure he was the cat's meow in the polyamorous circles here in Cincinnati. Yeah, I said it. Uh, so I'm, I'm very sad to see this. Again, I don't want to see anybody go to jail, especially somebody black. I don't want to see nobody go to jail. And to this point, Jeff is uh, now going to be suspended from council. The decision, so there was a little bit of a mix-up about what the decision was going to be. And I actually wrote a piece that was going to be put out there about who I thought um, that Christopher Smitherman should elect. At this point, it's moot and invalid, so you'll never see that. It was, it was a strong piece, but um, so initially Jeff passed. So, so the way it works is when you go on city council, Part of that process is you have to designate someone else on council to choose your uh, who might follow you in the case of either your untimely death, some kind of health emergency, or you get caught up in some kind of, you know, legal issues. And Jeff chose Christopher Smitherman. Uh, I was told within the last, I'd say, month or so or two, with everything going on, that Jeff Pastor tried to change that and designate Wendell Young to choose his successor, which is big, right? Why would he do that? I thought Christopher Smitherman was his boy. I thought it was tight like that. I don't know. Christopher Smitherman is a black male independent on city council right now. Term limited out. Are we going to miss all these people, man? We're going to have to get, to look, get to know a whole new cast of characters. But I was also told that, uh, you know, Jeff Pastor wasn't able to put that in place uh, to change who he wanted to select his replacement before this suspension happened. Uh, as I have been uh, brought to an understanding about it, if you're a member of city council, you can't do that via email. You got to actually go to council and do it in public, which would make sense. So, but because he's being suspended, Christopher Smitherman's not going to get a chance to make that decision. Instead, it's going to be Hamilton County probate court, probate court judge Ralph Ted Winkler, who's a Republican. So this goes back to just how important these probate court judges are. 
Who was the Democrat running against Hamilton County Probate Court? Judge Ted Winkler. Who was it now? I can't remember. Was it was it Pavin? I think it was a Pavin. If I'm wrong about that, was it Pavin or someone else? I mean, he had a Democrat challenger, but Ted Winkler won, I believe, uh, in the last in the election in November. So now a Republican is going to to make that decision, and you know it's going to probably be a political decision. Why wouldn't it be? Goes to show you just how important these judges are. Every single one, every single one is important. You never know what's going to happen. We don't know how long the process is going to take, but we'll find out. So that's that. That's that's what's up with that. That's what's up with that. Yeah. Speaking of suspension, I'm also reading that Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost is in the process of suspending PG Sittenfield from pardon me, from Cincinnati City Council. Pardon me. Oh yeah, it's coming. Yeah. They ain't joking. Like I said, in the Game of Thrones, you either win. What does she say? Or you die. Now, of course, I'm talking about the HBO, the very popular, at least popular into that last damn season. The last two episodes, episodes was a farce. I'm still pissed about it. Where are my Game of Thrones people at? But in terms of the politics, man, it was just a mirror of the Game of Thrones in real life. These folks is playing for keeps. Dave Yo said that pastor's alleged crime showed a shocking lack of integrity. Oh, really? Really? Quite interesting. Uh, what do you think? 513-873-7134. We got a call in the line. Let's go straight to it. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Mr. Ivy. This is your West Side Connection. Drop Squad 52 out here on the left coast, baby. Up bright and early. How you doing, sir? I'm doing, I'm doing great, man. Welcome to the show. Woo, Mr. Ivy. Thank you for having me, sir. It is getting hot and sensey. Uh, Mr. Ivy, do you know, I'm sure you do. This is kind of a rhetorical question. Uh, you know where Harry Black is right now, right? He is in, uh, he's on the West Coast, right? He, yes, he is in Stockton, California Stockton, right. as the city manager. And he was hired in, uh, about a year ago, January, 2020. Now, again, Mr. Ivy, I'm listening to your show and man, you are on to something because again, it was me that told you about 2018 and how everything seems to have started that year. Now, when I was talking about all this, I obviously I didn't know anything about Harry black. So I did a little research, Mr. Ivy. Now, when he was hired out here in California, this was the headline out here and the headline read, I'm going to read it for you. If you don't mind, it says six, it says success. Controversy follow new Stockton city manager. Okay, then if you scroll down the article, uh, this is a quote from the mayor. Uh, Quote, he's someone who had experience running a city as large and as complicated and interesting as Stockton. Stockton Mayor Michael Tubbs said Tuesday, adding that he also has a strong financial background, that's Harry Black, and isn't afraid of innovation. Harry Black was the best candidate. The Stockton Mayor's Office specifically touted accomplishments of Harry Black's tenure as Cincinnati City Manager, Black's most recent government gig, and as Baltimore Finance Director. 
both Cincinnati and Baltimore, where he worked from 2012 to 2014, saw upgrades in their bond ratings thanks to Black's leadership, according to the news release from the mayor's office. Baltimore's former mayor, Stephanie Rollins-Blake, called Black a lead architect of the city's first 10-year financial plan and credited him with help with helping to bring the city's budget from deficit to balance. And here's the last part. Black's office did, however, come under some scrutiny for tax breaks mistakenly given to several commercial property owners, resulting in the city failing to collect millions of dollars in potential revenue. In Cincinnati and Richmond, Virginia, where he worked as city chief financial officer from 2005 2005 to 2008, Black also reportedly garnered a reputation as difficult to work with and being a bully. Now, again, Mr. Ivey, you may be on to something with Mr. Harry Black, because if you look at his track record and what happened to the cities where he worked, as far as being in charge of the money, I don't know, Mr. Ivey, for him to get this job out here in Stockton, an outsider coming from Cincinnati to come into Stockton and get the job as city manager, I don't know. But you're on to something, Mr. Ivey, so you keep doing what you're doing because everybody's going to be speculating until the next perp walk because it may be more than just one guy. And we don't know how far this investigation is going to reach. So I guess everybody's got to wait and see. But as far as the uh, – because if Harry Black is involved, this thing is beyond Cincinnati. So it, it's going to be interesting to follow this. And Mr. Ivy, whoever is running for mayor, they're going to have to be able to raise at least $1 million because PG, at the time of his arrest, he has 700000 in his war chest. And we all know he was running for mayor. So, again, all these people that's coming out of the woodwork now in Cincinnati that think they just going to put their name on the ballot, uh-uh, you got to raise that money, baby. And with all the scrutiny in Cincinnati now, those donations better be well above board and without even the slightest appearance of impropriety or, or any type of Ill, Ill, illegal activity. So, so again, Mr. Ivy, it's another local issue, but I'm enjoying it. And you keep doing your thing, Mr. Brother, Mr. Ivy, because all it takes is to reach one, to teach one. That's all I got. You got anything for me, sir, before I go? That's it, brother. I appreciate the call. All right, Draw Squad 52, drop in science to anyone who wants to catch it. Trust but verify everything now that the Democrats going to be in charge. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about Drop is he just dropped. That's it. He just dropped, man. Appreciate the call. He said, now that the Democrats are in charge. Oh, my God. But back to this. Back to this. Good morning, family. If you're just tuning in, here's the question for you. Look at the cover right here. Shout out to Nick Swartzwell in the uh, CDB Magazine for great reporting on this. What did former Cincinnati City Manager Harry Black know about corruption at City Hall? Think about that for a second. Everybody's speculating as to who, what, whose head's going to roll next. 
are we seeing an individual that might get caught up in the game on screen right now? I don't know. I can't tell you that 100%. What I can tell you 100% for a fact that if you, is that if you go back to 2018, and I'm going to reiterate this and then take a little bit further, that the then city manager, Harry Black, wrote a memo. It was April of 2018. He wrote a memo to city council saying that there were some red flags. There were some things that caught up attention. And in particular, it had to deal with downtown development deals. And a man, hold on one second, get a text message here. Yeah, I'm I'm getting confirmation on, on what we're talking about here. I just got confirmation text. Harry knew a lot. I mean, just think about that sweetheart deal that Harry got, man. They paid him off. I'm looking at it right now. Reported by WCPO, Hillary Lake. This article was the, 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 um, uh, September 7th of 2019. Okay. The city of Cincinnati will pay former city manager Harry Black, who resigned last spring after a public feud with John Cranley, an additional $370,000 in an agreement that ends his threats to sue the city of Cincinnati. The new deal makes Black's total buyout worth $544,000 in cash plus benefits. He hit the lottery. What What the hell? Cash plus benefits? With benefits, we probably over, what, six? We over $600,000. Why did he get paid so much more than his original deal? What's supposed to pay him? If you remember, that's why members of council, including uh, a Silbach, uh, voted against the payout. It's because they were like, well, why is it so much over the top of what he was supposed to get? And again, I ask you, family, why was it? If you live in Cincinnati, you pay for it. We pay, I pay for it, you pay for it. Why did you give him so much money? Why not just pay him exactly the de- the details? Of- What's the use of having a deal, like a prearrangement of how we're going to part, including of what you're going to get paid? If when we part, you get paid ho- a whole lot more than what we said you was previously going to get. Why? I don't know. It's worth a question. Think about this, though. Think about this. I want to bring this to your attention. So this is being reported by a lot of places right now. I'm in CDB Magazine. I'm looking at an article dated April 18th, 2018 at 6 p.m. Okay, you can Google it right now. You don't need Indiana Jones to find this. Okay, it's real easy. So Harry Black wrote a memo to city council back in April of 2018 saying that there were red flags. He said operational concerns and ethical concerns. It's the ethical part that's getting to me here. He talked about two deals. One deal was for a particular development that was supposed to take place on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. That Elm Street property or whatever is being developed on on Elm Street has been a nightmare for members of city council. Cue Freddy Krueger. Elm Street. I'm looking at the article right now. That's what it says. Okay, well, let's pop over here to what happened to see with Jeff Pastor. Jeff Pastor got hemmed up on a proposed development at 435. Elm Street. 
Is it the same deal? What the hell is going on with Elm Street? Let's look at PG Sittenfield. Let's look through the indictment. Let's see what we can find here. 513-873-7134. All this speculation. Let's look at what's already out there. Sometimes these things are in plain view. It takes a little bit to see it. They should call this story a nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) It's been a nightmare for some. But the city manager way back in 2018 tried to tell us. If you look back, you know, at some of the details of that indictment as it relates to Jeff Pastor, I mean, a lot of this stuff got kicked off in 2018. That's when he started UMA, his, you know, fake nonprofit that it was, you know, funneling money through, sanitizing the money through. It was all in 2018, you know, after April. Why? What's up? I'll just go to the phones. Uh, Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Nathan Ivy. This is Kelly Prather. How are you? Hey, Kelly. Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm going to try to be as brief as possible. But, you know, to answer or to respond to your caption, how much did Harry Black know? Harry Black knew everything about uh, the corruption in City Hall. Now, I, at the end, I, you know, I'm just like, Harry Black is just doing his job, but I'm a firm believer that Harry even knew a lot, well, he had to know a lot of the corruption that was going on within the Cincinnati Police Department. And my initial thought about Harry Black was that he was brought on um, as city manager to do what John Cranley uh, didn't have the courage to do, and that was to fire Chief Jeffrey Blackwell. Uh, you know, there has been so much... What was interesting about these development projects and the quarantine is even through the quarantine, we had more murders in the city of Cincinnati. And that says that there's dirty business going on, especially around that FC Cincinnati Stadium. There, there's a lot. There's a lot that I'm pretty sure Harry Black knew, just like Patrick Duhaney knew. And interestingly enough, Patrick Duhaney just left for another job, too. Okay, so... To, to respond to your point about Harry Black and why didn't he just take a, a basic severance package and um, get out the way, because they wanted to give him hush money, and he probably signed a non-disclosure agreement. Well, I'm certain he signed a non-disclosure agreement to, to be quiet. But just look, I mean, just look at the articles that I post. I, I you know, I, I save, I'm a researcher. I save articles regarding uh, the corruption and I posted the article from the Cincinnati Business Courier, two articles related to what Harry Black may have known. And then it was ironic that when they were asking Harry Black to step down, meaning city council, members of city council, um, it was like they, they, they ganged up on him because he knew too much. And he was probably threatening all of them. Like, I, you know, I know this about you. I know that about you. So they wanted to get him out the way. The one thing I said about John Cranley, too, is this. The one thing I said about John Cranley is this is a tops-down approach. PG, what PG Sittenfield did, what Tamaya is accused of, and I, you know, I'm 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 more soft on Tamaya because I feel sorry for her because she is, in my opinion, she she was the victim in this case. But Jack Pastor and PG Sittenfield, what they did, it was all a reflection of them having these allegiances to John Cranley because this is truly a tops-down approach. And the reason Jeff Pastor, the reason Jeff Pastor uh, said that he didn't want Christopher Smitherman to pick his replacement is because there's dirt on Smitherman too. 
he has dirt on Smitherman too. And I'm telling you, before it's all over, more heads are going to roll, and they should. We just need to, like I said, when I called last week, they need to weed out the bad seeds in city government, period, in city government. Cincinnati City Hall needs a clean slate. That place needs to be wiped down from top to bottom and prayed over because it's the demons in there. And it's not just 2018 that they should be concerned about. They should go back in the in the late 80s or early 90s and see what some of the issues were. But this is a, a mess, and Harry got the juice, Harry got the tea, so it would be interesting if you could do an interview with him. It would also be interesting if you could do an interview with Patrick Buhaney because they know. And then Chief Jeffrey Blackwell. Call Chief Blackwell because I'm pretty sure that he can tell you a lot, too. So this is all interesting. I want people to pray for Tamaya um, Denard because, like I said, she just – I just, she's been heavy on my spirit. And the one thing I want to say about the media is that it's interesting when you watch the media and how even like Fox 19, PG came out, he made a statement. They're being more sensitive towards PG than they are towards Jeff and Tamaya. And I just think that, that speaks to the institutional racism, how they want to portray or they want to perceive him as, you know, possibly making a mistake. And it just goes back to how they treat us in the court system or how they treat kids in the court system. Black kids are more likely to get funneled into the criminal system or to the criminal route. And uh, the white kids or their counterparts get like counseling and stuff like that. And so if PG walks on this, I'm telling you, there is some major issues. There's some major cover-ups, but you know, these city managers, they know what's going on and they need to be questioned. So I, I hope the feds just talk to all of them because we just, again, we need, um, in order for Cincinnati to flourish, we need a clean slate, weed out these badass seeds, and um, just put some put all new faces in city government. The other thing they said is that the Enquirer put out an article, and the Enquirer is just a sucky paper. Um, the thing that they put out is they listed people who could possibly come back and run for mayor, all new, I mean, all old characters. I'm like, hell no. They were part of the problem, too. So don't elect anyone who has been in those seats ever again to run. We need a totally new slate. So I'm hoping you decide to run for city council because I would definitely support you. I appreciate all that you're doing. But it's just, it's a mess. But I'm going to keep posting the articles that I have in my war chest um, about all of this and um, thank you for, for even bringing this up. But next, ask what Patrick Duhaney knows about this. He and, he and uh, what's his name, Newdigate. Newdigate, the chief who um, currently wanted instead of Blackwell, they got, out of, they got out of Dodge, you know, out of Dodge because they knew that this was coming down the pipeline. So it's all a mess. It's all a mess, but I'm happy that it's all coming out. I'm sad that people are, you know, the, the low men on the toner pole are getting um, – caught up in this and you know again i'm going to pray for tamaya i know she she goes for sentencing today but it just you know city hall needs to be cleaned up so thank you for taking my call and you have a wonderful day thank you so much kelly always a pleasure to talk with her yeah i did it for a second i'm sorry always a pleasure to talk with kelly prather um, and I hope to, and I hope and plan to talking with her about her candidacy, her campaign for mayor. Speaking of which, coming up at the top of the hour in about 15 minutes, we are scheduled to get a phone call from Raphael Prophet. Raphael Prophet is a black male from the city of Cincinnati who is running for mayor. And again, now with everything that's happened to PG Sittenfield, he's caught up with these legal issues. I think it opens the door. Uh, for someone else uh, to take that prime position. It could be Kelly Prather. It could be Raphael Prophet. It could be David Mann. It could be some of the people 
that the city uh, that the inquiry wrote about that Kelly mentioned in that article. Uh, the only thing that I would disagree with Kelly on is um, she said, and this is get her opinion. So, you know, she's entitled to her opinion. My opinion is um, I look at them all the same, you know, maybe for different reasons, but all the same. And I heard what she said about how she says that Tamaya's a victim. Um, I don't know about that. She pled guilty. You know, victim, you pled guilty. I've heard people say things, well, they blame PG because he must have taught this to Tamaya. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Can't nobody tell, teach me to do the wrong thing. Whatever I do, I do. Period. It don't, it don't matter what somebody tells me or what I see somebody do. We as adults are responsible for our own actions. Period. 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 Tamaya is responsible for her own actions. Jeff is responsible for his own actions. PG is responsible for his own actions. Across the board, you are responsible for your own actions. I am responsible for my own actions. We got to get away from this blaming other people and making other people responsible for things we do. No, uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. I don't give a damn what I watch somebody do. If I decide to do it, it's on me, period. Period. Cross the board. Personal responsibility. You are responsible for what you do. I don't care what I see. I can see somebody selling drugs. That don't mean I sell drugs. And if I do, I can't say, well, I saw them do it. That don't work. Where they do that at? Negro, the prison is full of people that watch other people commit crimes thinking like, oh, I think I can get away with this. Negro, when you get sentenced, you going to get sentenced. All that I heard somebody, I seen somebody, that don't mean a damn thing. You responsible for your actions, 100%. Those individuals, again, two of them have only been accused. So we'll talk about Tamaya, who's going to be sentenced today. Tamaya is responsible. Y'all know I roll with Tamaya? 100% stood for, stood with her, would do it again. Would do it again. But, however, when you make mistakes or you commit crimes or you get caught up in the game, it's on you. Period. That goes for my children. Like I told you, let my daughter and son grow up and do some stuff in the criminal game. They're going to be down there with their mama. I ain't going. I'm going to be at home doing the show. I'm going to be on Xbox, be reading some, working out. You know what I'm saying? I'm going down there to waste my time. I, you got too many advantages. And you decide you want to do some crimes. Oh, well, we'll holler at you when you get back. I mean, you can always come home, but I ain't going to waste my time going get a lawyer. You're going to do all of that. Because you did a crime. So you're going to do the time I did with the consequences. Period. Now, if you like I told you, with my children, they get hammed up and it's not their fault, I'm going to fight to the end of the earth for you. But if you did it, oh, well, don't do it next time. No tears. I'm not going to hold your hand and make it better. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. You're going to go down there and do that time. We'll holler at you. Your mama going to send you some money in the books because I ain't sending you no money in your books. Because I didn't tell you to go. I didn't send you out there to commit the crime. So that's just the word. The, the word. Again, I was brought up by old school black salt of the earth people that had a garden in the backyard, carried knives, carried weapons, uh, uh, prayed every night. Best people in the world unless you cross them. That's That's where I'm coming from. We need more of that. All these whining and tears and they made me, uh-uh, hell no. Hell no, uh-uh. That's her. If Jeff pleads guilty or is found guilty, that's him. If PG pleads guilty or is found guilty, that's him. Think better next time. Now, that don't mean that, I, you know, we ain't cool no more and I'm going to talk ish about you because, you know, I don't do that. I don't do that. But back to where I was getting at. Let me get back to this. We were talking about, if you're just tuning in this morning, thank you so much, Kelly, for the call. Appreciate it 100%. 
we were talking about uh, what did Harry Black know? What did former Cincinnati City Manager Harry Black know about corruption at City Hall? You remember the details that led to his fast departure <laughs> from City Manager in the city of Cincinnati. He was, he was out of here. Brother came out, started talking about a plot to, to get rid of the black police chief. And then he wrote a memo to city council talking about how the mayor might've been caught up with some unethical dealings with developments. Elm street nightmare on Elm street. That's what, what the, that's what the city manager said back in 2018. And then if you flash forward to Jeff pastor, he got caught up with the development on Elm street nightmare on Elm street. What are PG Sittenfield? We'll get to that in a second. You got to look through the indictment. Speaking of which, I want to play this for you. This is, uh, this was released 22 hours ago on PG Sittenfield's Twitter account. So far, he's got 23.5 thousand views. Um, so a lot of people watching this and, and for good reason, you know, cause people are interested. All right. I want to play this for you. Hold on, hold on. But first let me do this right. Let me, let me do this right. I want to play this for you. Let me get a screen. Let me let me get a, uh, an image up on the screen first, because I'm not going to play the video. I'll just play the audio. Uh, for whatever reason, my equipment or the streaming service I'm using is acting up. So, but the show goes on. You know me. The show goes on, homie. Uh, okay, hold on, sir. And then we'll go straight to your comments as well. And again, coming up at nine in about nine minutes, scheduled to speak with Raphael Prophet. And uh, we'll, we'll get a sense of who he is. Get a sense of who he is. If you don't know the man, uh, why he's running, you know, you know, what, what, what are the big pillars of his, what are the big pillars of his, uh, of his candidacy? You know, what does he want to accomplish? That kind of thing. What does he think about the scandals right now? Cause he would be that he's going to be inheriting all of this. I mean, it's safe to say that whoever becomes the mayor, that's going to be the most watch tenure as a mayor probably from the law enforcement perspective and a media perspective in our lifetimes. Everybody's going to be watching to see, like, what they're going to do. Oh, we just had a caller from Tennessee. I was about to put you on. Uh, call me back. I'll, I'll try to put you on. All right, so let me see. Um, while we wait for all of that, let me play this real quick because it's only like a minute. It's only like 96 seconds. So this is audio from uh, P.G. Sittenfield that he released on his, I think it was just his Twitter. Um, yeah, I think it's on his Twitter. I don't know if it was anywhere else. Let me go. Spell. Yeah, I think I, if I mispronounced it or then I got it right. If I mis misspelled it, there it is. If I spelled it incorrectly, my apologies. Did not mean to, but I think I got it right. So this is the audio. Let me play this for you. I want to first say thank you to the people. Hi, everyone. I want to first say thank you to the people of Cincinnati, to my family, to friends, to folks I've heard from all across the city, our state, the country, for your incredible outpouring of love and support. It has comforted me and our family enormously. The allegations against me are simply not true. I am innocent, and it's meant the world to me to have people reaching out saying, PG, we know you. We know your character, and we believe in you. I stand strongly on my record of public service, including providing help that's in the public interest to anyone 
whether they've ever made a political contribution to me or not. I've done things like step in to save a senior center that was facing closure, pass legislation to bring a new grocery store to a neighborhood food desert, champion more affordable housing, and a whole lot more. And in every case, I did it for the simple reason that it was the right thing to do for our city. And I've consistently fought for investment into our city for the exact same reason, to bring jobs and growth to our community. My public service has always, always been guided by doing what's best for Cincinnati. So many of you have asked about how you can help so that we can achieve justice. And I'm incredibly grateful for that. And we'll get back to you soon. I do not give up and I will not give up. I intend to keep fighting, fighting these false allegations, fighting for you and fighting for the future of our city. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So that's PG Sinfeld. What do you think? Did you see that? Have you seen that? You can go to his Twitter page right now. It's up on Twitter. Again, I haven't gone to all the social media to see if it's everywhere. It feels like I'm washed out here. There you go. I like it a little bit better. There you go. You can see that that dart from the uh, the illumination there from the uh, from the lights behind me on the bookshelf. What do you think? What's your opinion? I read some of the comments, man, and people are hilarious. I just. Uh, Again, no tears. This is the nature of the internet. It's the nature of leadership. It's the nature of the world we live in. When you're on top, everybody love you. When you're not on top or you seem to perceive to fall, then people are going to go on social media and talk ish about you. That's the nature of the beast. Comes with the territory. No tears about it. I'm sure that, you know, I read some of the comments. They're not flattering. <laughs> people, are, people are coming super hard, but, you know, I'm sure that's the least of his worries right now, right? Where'd you make it at? Like, I could do a whole show breaking that down. Uh, to me, and again, uh, um, my spider sense is very sensitive, uh, but to me, um, there is a lot that you can glean from that. There's a lot of uh, smart, intelligent, insightful people with a spidey sense that's super sensitive. You can glean a lot from that. Again, I could spend the next two hours. I could spend the next hour breaking that down. Um, but we, and I may. And I may. I do want to share some insights in terms of what I saw and what I heard as well. Now, uh, people know that I know PG, obviously. We did a podcast together. got like almost 30 episodes in the can. And doing a podcast with somebody, you're talking about their family. You're talking about politics. You do get a better sense of who they are as people. But and here's what I would say in general. And I say this about anybody, not just PG, PG Sinfield, is that there's different levels of knowing people. I mean, you can be around some people and not really know them. And you can know people, and at the same time, they can be who you think they are and still do things that you don't really believe in. You know what I'm saying? They can still do things that you don't really believe in. And, you know, I'm not the kind of person to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And what I mean by that is, whether it be Tamaya or Jeff or PG, I think the two things can be true at the same time. Let's just talk about Tamaya Denar because she's going to be sentenced today and she's pled guilty. So obviously it's true. The allegations against her are true. She admitted to it. Okay. But that doesn't mean, in my opinion, and you might feel differently, it doesn't mean that everything that she did and every idea that she had was corrupt. I don't believe it means that. That's what I mean by not throwing out the baby out, the baby out with the bathwater. 
Okay, you might feel differently. Cool, we can always agree to disagree. I would say if we find out that Jeff Pastor either pleads guilty or is found guilty, I would say the same thing about him. And I would say the same thing about P.G. Sittenfield. Um, and I know for a fact that there were ideas that Tamaya Denard was working on that are now grinding to a halt um, because of her involvement is not there anymore. And now people have to form these new relationships and yada, 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 and do things like that to try to get, you know, their agendas, you know, put in place. So whatever the policy initiative was or the idea was, okay, some of these ideas I agree with that I know of 100%. So I just want to caution people on that. But what do you make of that? Um, people inside, if you, if you read the chat, like some of the, the, the comments that people were leaving on there, people were saying things to him. Like, I don't know if this is a good idea, PG. There were a few people that commented and said, okay, you know, I got your back, you know, stay strong, things like that. And then of course it's Twitter. So you got a whole lot of people saying a whole lot of different things there. Uh, hold on one second. Okay. So we got Raphael profit. I see Donnie was trying to call him. Hey, Donnie, call me back. When I get rid of the, not rid of, but when I get finished with the conversation with the Raphael Prophet, he's scheduled to call in at nine. And I believe he's calling in right now. I see Donnie B's on the line. Is it just me podcast? I'm sure she got a very strong opinion. I want to hear it. Uh, but I, I invited brother Raphael Prophet on the show today. And I want to make sure, as I always say, I want to respect the time of the individuals who I've invited on. But again, if you've got a, an opinion about anything we've talked about to this point, just hold on. I'm with you until at least 930 this morning. And we could talk about it. We could talk about it. But let me go straight to the phones. Hey, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Is this Brother Prophet? Yes, it is. Hey, how you doing, yes, Raphael? Welcome. Well, thank you to the show, man. Oh, thank you for coming on the show and welcome. Thank you uh, for having me. I, I just wanted to, uh, to uh, come on your show and just, uh, uh, first of all, um, you know, just let folks just know who I am. You know, I'm Raphael Prophet, running for mayor of Cincinnati, born, raised, educated, raising a family here in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, you know, served uh, in the fire department, also uh, in the military and also civic organizations. I, I I love this city and I want to make it a better city. Okay. I, I, you know, I believe that, man. I mean, you know, just full disclosure, you and I have spoken. Uh, we're not like super close, but I'm aware of the good work you've done in this city. And uh, I appreciate you, brother. And so when the opportunity came to have you on the show, you already know uh, the door is always open here on the Nathan Ivy show. So again, you know, I'm familiar with you, kind of. There's a lot I don't know. So for people who are hearing your voice for the first time, tell us about yourself. Start with this. Are you from Cincinnati? If so, where'd you grow yes. up? Right, yeah. So uh, so Nathan, I am. I uh, I was born in uh, I was born in Avondale. Uh, spent my uh, formative years in the uh, West End uh, what I call considered the gym of the uh, West End and Park Town, and uh, moved from Park Town back to Avondale, uh, which I uh, graduated from uh, Hughes High School. Uh, continued to live on you know, live in Avondale. In fact, my my wife and I we built a home here in Avondale, raising our family. And um, uh, you know, again, you know, I'm just a lifelong uh, uh, Cincinnatian. Uh, and, uh, uh, after I graduated from high, high school, I went to uh, college a couple of years at Ohio State and I came back here at UC, uh, joined the military, uh, uh, National Guard, you know, continued to serve there, got on the fire department, spent 32 year career there as a firefighter also in terms of the, of the military. And that's really what sort of, uh, shaped and developed me, you know, my background in domestic and national security, as well as in public safety, where I have these insights in terms of how our government works, 
how uh, in terms of uh, not only at the local and the state uh, level, uh, but at the national level. And more importantly, uh, I have the insights, especially retiring as a district chief for the fire department, how our city, uh, our city works. And I saw a lot of things that uh, I, I was not really happy about. And so when I retired, um, I, I, I decided to uh, throw my hat in the political ring, especially after the advent of COVID-19 and, and the social movement that emerged with the killing of, of, of Floyd, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, that I see that this is a moment that we have to seize as our city. And I saw that who was running. And, uh, you know, to me, it was more of the same old thing. And so me as being somebody who I consider from the real natty that I had to get into this race for the betterment, for the sustainable future of our city. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. So um, let's talk about that. So so you're saying that you, you looked at the slate of candidates who were running for mayor. You looked at what happened that was what was happening around the country and around our city. And that's what, you know, propelled you to decide to run for mayor. That's, that, that's exactly right. If you would ask me uh, uh, this time last year, which I was coming up on six months, which I was going to when I was going to retire, I was not thinking about running for mayor. But I was thinking about uh, my friend and uh, a partner and I, uh, Charles Thompson, another uh, retired firefighter. We're going to start a nonprofit. And we did. And it was called uh, and it's called public medical in which we seek to reform public safety. Part of the efforts that I was doing while I was on the fire department and president of our uh, uh, Cincinnati African-American Firefighter Association or CAPM. But having those struggles to do that, being in that environment as a, not only as a district chief, but the CAPM president, always fighting for this, uh, uh, for this change uh, uh, that uh, we know that is necessary. And so in our, our retirement, that gave me the ability being unencumbered, unrestricted, to really sort of challenge the sort of status quo. But then when COVID happened, and I saw in terms of, you know, David Mann, and you know, I appreciate his years of service, but uh, David Mann, I just don't see as our uh, uh, is the answer to our sustainable future. And then PG, very nice guy, very personable, whatever, but I don't think he represented the real, the real natty. Even though he's from Cincinnati, but it's not from the, the the part of Cincinnati I knew in terms of the public schools. I think he was, you know, uh, went through private schools, even Ivy League schools. I was born right here in Cincinnati, educated Cincinnati State University of Cincinnati. Cincinnati and had my advanced degree uh, from Xavier University. So I just didn't think those two folks at the time in which they were what I consider to be status quo were part of the people who can really get at this equity issue that has plagued us in Cincinnati for generations. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, they were. Well, we, David Mann still is a strong candidate. He's still in the race. Of course, P.G. Sinfield's caught up, uh, you know, with the federal charges. Uh, do you have an opinion about that? Well, again, it's, it's it's unfortunate. I will say that um, that uh, 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 if, if the allegations are true, uh, I, I think he needs to do what's best for the city and and, and resign. Now, um, I, you know, it, from my standpoint, my my life has been about service, and it's always been about uh, uh, integrity. I have spent all of my adult life in public safety, or I should say, in public service. And it was, and I did that honorably in terms of integrity, and that's what's important. We, I'm not doing this for any sort of political ambition, right? Because I, I got sort of got a hints of that uh, uh, from PG just running from Senate, you know, way I don't know two or three years ago, and I think that that was something maybe trying to position himself uh, later. And I'm not in this for any sort of 
you know, self-benefit, uh, right? And I think that that's what some of our council members got caught up in. I'm doing this uh, uh, for our citizens, for our collective future. So, uh, you know, I just, I feel for his family. Uh, but uh, if the allegations are true, I just think he needs to do the best thing for the city and uh, resign. Speaking with Raphael Prophet, who's a candidate for mayor of Cincinnati, you know, Kelly Prather's in the race as well. You talked about not being from the status quo. A lot of people look at her and say she's not from the status quo as well. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, Kelly is not. And uh, Kelly and I, uh, we're friends. Uh, uh, we've done you know, a couple of uh, things together you know, in terms of uh, the community, I, I believe. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I respect, in fact, I respect Kelly and she did it early. She got, I think she announced maybe a couple of weeks before, uh, before I did. So I respect her decision, her decision, because Kelly has always been down for the cause. So, um, now obviously I'm going to be very respectful as we go through the campaign, but I'm going to deal with the issues, but I wish her well in this campaign, but I appreciate, you know, her tenacity for, always trying to hold us accountable as a, as a city, especially leadership. And, and that's what I'm going to focus on. Part of the reason why I'm getting in this, because we need courageous, moral leadership. That's what it's going to take for our city to really get at these changes that has uh, 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 pervaded, or I should say, has continued to plague us for years. And not only in terms of the uh, current administration, but previous administrations, I just think that, 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 that the, the, the type of leadership that we need right now, I have. And I have the experience, long experience, as a retired lieutenant colonel from the military that served at our uh, nation's highest level overseas in the combat zone. I understand the collaborative and the collective decision-making it takes to really change things. But I understand that it takes courageous leadership to do it. Yeah, I got so many questions, uh, Mr. Prophet. I appreciate, appreciate you calling in. So. You know, you, you keep talking about military service. I do know that across the country, there's a real push uh, to get, you know, members, former members of the military to go into, you know, politics. You know, what do you think that what is, what is there about military service that prepares people for uh, public service? Well, I, I will tell you this. It's a value system, right? It's a value system in terms of service. You know, first of all, if you look at our uh, our constitution, the military, one of the the pre and the part, uh, a preamble that uh, the the constitution says our country should provide for the common defense, right? And that's what our military. And so, in order to do that for hundreds of hundreds of years, our um, our uh, our country has been in existence. That has been the charge of the military, and the military has over time has established. And, 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 and this value system that we're all expected to live by. And I tell you, the military was one of the first American institutions to integrate, right? And so, and now, because racism and prejudice is counter to the value system that the military has shaped or uh, come to expect their members to possess. And so mm -hmm. there's loyalty, there's selflessness, there's honor, there's, uh, 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 there's commitment, right? And so, it's a value system that the military ingrains in you from day one. And that's why it is touted as one of the, the, the most favorable uh, organizations in our country. It takes, it, it has a diversity, members from all walks of life. But when they come into the military, they are immediately indoctrinated, indoctrinated with this sense of value system to say that you will do what is right 
what is just and what is fair. And so that's why I believe that there's a push to try to get veterans involved because we live under this core value of military uh, or, or core system of values that is rooted in honor. Mm-hmm. Aside from the military and being a veteran, what are your leadership credentials? Well, uh, obviously, I, uh, like I said, a, a, a 32 uh, years uh, uh, on the fire department, I raised uh, to the rank of uh, district chief in which I was in charge of uh, district one, uh, a, a downtown in which district one is obviously uh, central business district, you know, part Parts of the uh, West End and Mount Orban, all the way out to Wanted uh, Hills, parts of Avondale. Uh, also, uh, I um, again, I was president of Cincinnati African American Firefighters Association, CAPA, uh, 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 in which uh, you know we've uh, we were able to uh, you know put in place a couple of years ago, and I think that that's when we first met uh, 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 Brother Ivy, in that we uh, had put forth an effort to. Uh, provide more diversity for the police department and the uh, 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 fire department by establishing a public safety academy. And so there was an initiative in in the 2018 uh, election called uh, uh, Issue 15, in which 80,000 Cincinnati residents voted yes for. I mean, 80,000. And 100 people voted in that election. 80,000 said yes to to basically establishing a public safety academy so that our children who live in, uh, in those the communities that they potentially will, will serve uh, can have an opportunity to become police officers and firefighters. And so I did that. That was one of the uh, uh, efforts that I, as president of Cincinnati African Americans, put forth. So, uh, and I have other, uh, I've been involved in other leadership positions and civic organizations. So, uh, again, I've always, and that's from those values that I learned, it's about surplus, selfless service, doing what's best for us all. Yeah. Are you? Will you be seeking a party endorsement? And if so, which party? Well, I I am a uh, I'm a I'm a lifelong Democrat, and and so uh, obviously uh, I believe in terms of the uh, Democratic groups here in Hamilton County that if you have uh, two uh, uh, Democrats, because there will be a primary, right? And so uh, when there's three or more candidates, the city charter requires that there be a primary in May, and so the top two candidates who emerge out of the uh, primary will go head to head. And if those are two Democrats, uh, I believe that the Democratic Party uh, will not endorse. And I don't think they will endorse uh, pre-primary uh, 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 because there's already a couple of uh, Democrats in, uh, in the race, myself and uh, David Mann. So, uh, yes, if, if I go head to head with someone who is not a Democrat, uh, when I emerge out of the primary, one of the top two candidates, I will be seeking the uh, Democratic endorsement. Now, I'm not sure you've been uh, listening to the show this morning, but I've been talking about I'm trying to get to the root of and the origin of the investigations and the corruption at City Hall. So I spent uh, a lot of this morning talking about Harry Black. You and Harry Black have history. I noticed you filed a lawsuit against him back in 2017. Tell us the details of that. What, What happened? Well, let me, uh, and, and I'll just say this, uh, uh, Brother Ivy, and uh, uh, in terms of that uh, lawsuit, that lawsuit really uh, uh, was stemmed from uh, um, uh, actions that I brought forth to the, to, to the fire department leadership and then the city leadership about wrongdoing that was uh, occurring uh, in the fire department. And, and specifically, one of our chief level officers brought forth an allegation about a superior. 
right? Now, I'm not going to get into details, but I will, I will tell people to go out and seek it out there. That information is out there public. And so when I brought forth this information, right, trying to get people to do the right thing, having an investigation, not internally, but externally, and I took it to the highest level of the fire department and the city government, everybody in council sort of kind of knew about it, right? But people really didn't do anything about it. And so at, at the end of the day, I sort of kind of let it go, right? Because it really people didn't have the stomach. It was causing all sort of, of, of animosity among peers, among colleagues, right? And so I thought at the, at the time the best thing was to let it go. Well, here it is. I'm, I'm up for a promotion for an assistant chief on the fire department. I meet all the credentials and master's degree. I've been serving my country at the highest level, right, in terms of having this experience, being probably the only candidate that actually lived in the city. And I was denied four times an opportunity to become assistant chief. And I believe it was because of the issues I raised. That's what my lawsuit was about. Now, it was dismissed and, and I, from my standpoint because my attorney really didn't uh, represent it well. Nevertheless, that's what that lawsuit was about. But the root of it was is because I brought wrongdoing to the leadership of our city and they did nothing. From what I've read, from what I've read about it, uh, you said that uh, Harry Black labeled you as a troublemaker. So my question is, are you a good trouble or bad trouble? <laughs> That's the question. I don't mind trouble. I love are, that. I love are you that. good trouble or bad that. trouble? That, well, that just it just speaks to uh, our, uh, our our beloved civil rights leader and uh, you know Congressman, long term Congressman of Georgia, John Lewis, right? Right. Where he talked about good trouble, and that. That's what that was all about. That, that was just good trouble. But unfortunately, our leadership didn't have whatever, I don't know, the moral compass or whatever to see it through, right? But I'm not a troublemaker. I, live, I was born and raised, educated, invested, built a home in this city where people tell me, you're building a home in Avondale, really? Yeah, because that's the city where I love. And so I'm not about trying to uh, uh, you know, challenge things for just the sake of, you know, being in the opposition, but to try to make our city better. That's why I'm in this. That's why I'm seeking this. That's why I, I, I am seeking to be the next mayor of our beloved city. Well, no fault to you and your actions if you are elected the next mayor to the city of Cincinnati. You got a big issue in front of you, and that's corruption. Um, have you given thought about, if you are elected, how you will approach it? Well, you know, Nathan, that is a great that is a great question. And again, right, and so you have to look at in terms of how do we get to this point. In order to do that, I believe that you have to go back and look at the structure in terms of our current city government, right? And so, and I think really, uh, I believe the impetus was when we actually had a change to our charter. Very few people, I think, are really aware of how that charter was uh, 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 changed and when it occurred, right? It, it was it occurred. It started to occur in the mid '90s when you had the business community want a stronger mayor because they felt the city manager form of government, city manager and council of government that had been in place since 1925, that had been touted as good governance throughout our uh, country, uh, Cincinnati. We we had all sort of accolades in terms of our city manager style of government. But in 95, you had a, 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 a small group that wanted to change it to a stronger mayor, right? And so it went through a series of changes, and 
And uh, we, I can, I can give you the long version, but the short version was is that through right a a a a, uh, a ballot initiative that was done actually in a primary where you have very low turnout. I think only 18 percent of the registered voters voted for to change it to a stronger mayor. And now this has given the mayor more of an executive sort of a role in terms of the relationship with the city manager to get involved in sort of these development decisions, things, uh, you know, in terms of how uh, 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 to economically push the city forward, uh, forward when before it was the city manager through the collective collective uh, uh, of agreement with city council. Now the mayor has a lot more influence. And I believe is that it sort of creeped into this sort of now you have council members, especially the, first of all, the mayor getting involved in some of these developmental deals. And I think the council started creeping and doing that as well. And I think that that sort of led to this enticement. Right. But these people have to have fundamentally good values. Right. They have to have a good moral code that uh, 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 wouldn't even you know uh, consider it, because I tell you what. Uh, a developer, when I'm there, anyone, no one would come to me and entice me with corruption because they're going to know the type of person I am. But I just believe that you got to look back, you know, and in, 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 in through evidence, determine how, how did the environment get created when we have three of our council members indicted for corruption? I believe, I believe the, uh, the, the inception point is when we change from a stronger mayor. Uh, one last question, then I'll give you the final word just to speak directly to our audience here. But my question is, is uh, about black Cincinnati. So going back to 2015, it was the urban league. They put out a study in which they said essentially improved statistically that there are two Cincinnati's one black, one white, one doing well, one not doing so well. You're a black man uh, running for mayor in 2021. You're from Avondale. You rep Avondale. A lot of black folks live in Avondale. Uh, I, personally, I don't believe that John Cranley really delivered for the black community. Um, in your opinion, um, what does black Cincinnati need uh, from the mayor's perspective to move us forward? What would be your approach and what would you do? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that, that is a great question because you got to get at the root of the things. And you're right. The, uh, uh, the Urban League study in terms of the uh, two Cincinnati's all in one. Uh, they did a, uh, um, you know, a study as well, right? Uh, you look at in terms of the, the poverty rate in terms of Cincinnati, which African-Americans overly represent, has been consistent for generations, right? right? But at first, again, you have to go back, at least from my standpoint, to go back and really sort of look at in terms of to look at how we got to this point. You know, one of the, one of the probably the more uh, influential books I read here of late is called Race in the City. Uh, by Henry Lewis and Taylor, right, where he talks about, gives the history of uh, Cincinnati in terms of work, community, uh, uh, and protest. But it, what, what really struck me in reading that book, it was not just that it was not the core root. When we talk to Cincinnati's, you've got to deal with the issues of the three Cincinnati's, right? Because that's how we evolved. You had the east side, was, was predominantly white. You had the west side that was predominantly white. And then you had the core, what was black folks because essentially black folks if you look at the evolution of cincinnati we essentially you know lived in especially when you start talking about the expansion of cincinnati we lived in two communities the west end and avondale and that's when disinvestment started occurred as we 
populated these communities in the east side and the west side continue to become more wealthy, we became more stagnant. And so in order to deal with the two Cincinnatians, you got to deal with the three Cincinnatians first, right? Mm -hmm. And so and what we're looking in terms of mayor, we're going to put things in places such as fair future first, any sort of type of development, anything that we have, that we do is I'm mayor of the city of Cincinnati. It's got to be fair for the future. We're going to start getting out in terms of the, the, uh, the communities, dealing with these real issues, the real people of uh, Cincinnati. That's why I'm running. That's who I want to represent. I'm going to represent all Cincinnatians. But true equity is, is that we have to pay attention to those folks who have been underserved for generations. And you're exactly right. This administration has not adequately dealt with that. And so uh, I, I just think that uh, we have to get really serious and we have to seek truth through evidence about really how to change things. Well, again, thank you for your time this morning, and I'll give you the last word. And hopefully this will be the first of a series of conversations. I mean, we're a year away from the actual election, so so much can happen. I know you're at the early stages of sort of for formulating your campaign and the pillars that you're going to run on. So I really appreciate this time this morning. But again, the final word is to you, to the audience. Well, in here, and again, uh, Brother Ivy, thank you for uh, having me on. I greatly appreciate it. I just want to you know, say this to Cincinnati voters, that you know, you look at the elections in terms of uh, uh, what just occurred. I think here in Hamilton County, over 70 percent of the uh, registered voters voted for change in here. And, and, and by and large, with the exception of a couple of positions, is that it, it, it trended in terms of blue, Democratic. Right. And so here you are in Cincinnati, Ohio, these in, in our in our mayoral and council elections. We have traditionally less than 30% of us come out and vote in the off-year election, 30, less than 30%. And what, what we have to do is that we have to mobilize the vote. We got to get people involved in, in, the, in the political process that help improve their own lives. And so and that's one of the, uh, the focuses that this campaign is going to be talking about. It's going to be challenge every candidate to encourage our Cincinnati voters to get involved in the political process. Hmm. Well, Brother Prophet, I appreciate your time this morning and uh, wish you the best and uh, we'll be, let's stay in touch. Let's stay connected. All right, brother. Thank you. Yep. Very welcome. Appreciate it. Uh, that's Raphael Prophet. And uh, he's running for, not Anda, but he's running for mayor since it's just the city of Cincinnati. What'd you think? What'd you think? Uh, I was told beforehand that he didn't really want to talk about specific policy. They're still in the early stages of uh, formulating what that what, what, those, what that's going to sound like and look like, what those pillars are going to be. Uh, but I thought that we could still have a valuable conversation and give people some sense of who the man is. Uh, as I said, I've had some interactions with him over the years, obviously. Uh, we both spoke to it. Do I know him like that? No, I do not. Uh, but as I said, I mean, the door is open. If you're running for any elective office in Cincinnati, stop here first. Stop here first. Talk with us first. Uh, this audience is not just uh, voters. And these are not just voters. These are influencers. This is an audience full of influencers. These are folks that will go out and influence other people. Uh, this is where you want to start. And this is where you want to finish, quite honestly. Uh, of course, you know, you want to talk to everybody in Cincinnati. Obviously, that goes without saying. But um, if you know someone who's running for council or running for mayor, if you got a connection, hit me up. Hit me up. We can make it happen because uh, I want my audience to have as much information as possible when they make that decision. 
And then you make your decision. You know, I'm not here to tell you who to vote for unless I see a problem for our community. I will speak on it. I'll let you know, like, oh, that's a problem right there. Other than that, you know, you make your own decision, as it should be. Uh, what'd you think? What'd you think? I had to go back and process it because I'm like in the moment. But what'd you think about how he answered the questions uh, about his uh, service as a member of the military, now veteran? I had to mix in some questions about that lawsuit just to see how he would answer it. Uh, it was relevant because we've been talking about Harry Black this morning as we try to get to the bottom of where this this investigations into city council started. I'm calling it moving forward nightmare on Elm Street. That's how I'm looking at this whole corruption thing. A nightmare on Elm Street. I might even write a piece about it because it seems like Elm Street is getting people hemmed up. And Harry Black back in 2018 tried to tell us. I got a text message from someone uh, who would know these things. Uh, who that basically confirmed um, some of the things that we're talking about this morning in terms of Harry Black knowing something. I'm just telling you. I mean, hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Is it the same property? Uh, back in 2018, Harry Black wrote a memo saying that John Cranley and a former member of his staff were dealing with something, a, a development deal with a property on Elm Street that he said was unethical. Flash forward, Jeff Pastor gets hemmed up dealing with the feds and undercover informants with the property on Elm Street. Is it the same property? Is it the same parcel of land? Or is it just, you know, another place on Elm Street? I don't know. Smarter minds than me can put that together. Also, we talked about P.G. Sittenfield and played the audio clip. Uh, there's a video, but I just played the audio clip of it. Just having some difficulties. Minor, we'll deal with this. Don't let that stop you. That's minor. That's minor. But what do you think? In particular, since the last thing we talked about, again, you're, you're open to calling in and talk about whatever. But I want to get your thoughts on Raphael Prophet. It's the first time you heard of the brother. What do you think about how he answered the questions, what his overall vision is, his reasoning for running for mayor? What do you think about a black man uh, being the next mayor of Cincinnati? Uh, whoever the candidate is, they must be asked about what you're going to do about the black community. We cannot talk about, in any realistic terms, about moving this city forward if we're not talking about our community, period. You, you got to start there. That has to be the start in the beginning of the conversation, not just for us, but for the sake of Cincinnati. A rising tide lifts all boats. If we want to make Cincinnati the place that everybody says they want it to be, we are so invested, it's a great place to live, and I don't disagree with that. I'm born and raised here. I raise a family here. I do what I do here. You know what I'm saying? I went to college here. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff, man, in this city of Cincinnati. Pardon me for that. I'm sure that was not too pleasing to see. But, uh, you know, so we got to start there. We got to start there. Cincinnati will never reach its potential unless we close those gaps. It will not happen. It'll never happen. It'll never happen. Because what? what how's the saying go? You're only as strong as your weakest link. And in no way do I look at the black community as a weak link. But in terms of making sure that all of us are strong, you know what I'm saying? Hercules, Hercules out here. People eating, thriving, making money, investments, going to college, paying off their debt. You know what I'm saying? Buying a little piece of the earth here, living their best dreams, their life. When everybody's doing that here, and I do mean everybody, black, white, and everybody in this city, we all going to rise. That's the Cincinnati that we want. We have been too complacent with the status quo. We've been too complacent with some schools are better than other schools. Some neighborhoods are better than other neighborhoods. We, we're too comfortable with that. 
we way too comfortable with that. And um, until we see that day, uh, we never going to be who we can be. Never. And all you Bengal fans out there, until Hamilton County delivers equity policy intangibles for everybody. Y'all ain't getting no damn championship. Stop it. It's never going to happen. And plus, the gridiron guys are still mad about Tracy Hunter. They're still pissed about Tracy Hunter. You can watch the Bengals all week. I mean, all season. You can buy $100 million worth of paraphernalia. But until the gridiron guys get over what happened with Tracy Hunter and the other, you know, sins and atrocities against his and her people, y'all ain't getting no damn championship. It ain't going to ever happen. I'm telling you, we cursed. Simple as that. We did it. No, you did it. <laughs> you did it. But what do you think? 513, I can go on for days and days. This is what I do. I love it. But I want to hear your thoughts about everything that's going on this morning. 513-873-7134. And I know I've given you a lot to unpack. I mean, the Harry Black stuff is enough by itself. I've got more for you. We ain't done. We got more. Today, tomorrow, Denard's going to be sentenced. I know, family. It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know, I know. Jeff Pastor's been suspended. How many people voted for Jeff Pastor? How do you feel about that? If you're a Jeff Pastor, if you voted for Jeff Pastor, I did not vote for Jeff Pastor. It ain't unpersonal. It wasn't unpersonal. I mean, personally, I like Jeff. I always did. I said it on the air. I, I like the brother. He's got a certain charisma. I've seen him get in front of people. And, you know, some people just have that, that genesis quad, that X factor. You know, maybe it was his time growing up in the church. I don't know, but I've seen him connect with people. That's why people voted for him. Plus, uh, he looked good in a, in a uniform. <laughs> and all those billboards. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, again, I, it, I take no pleasure in this. I would, I would love to see brighter days in which our representatives uh, don't get caught up in these kind of things so they can be out there actually working for us. What I would say, and again, I'll keep harping on this, and we might even move from talk to action on this, quite honestly, because I'm about that life at this point. But in a year, not only are we going to be voting for a mayor, not only are we going to be voting for a supermajority on council, but I think we should be voting for some structural changes. What do you think about this? I throw it out there. I don't have to be right. I'm just trying to, uh, well, be an agent provocateur. I want to provoke some thought. What do you think about the theory? And I throw it out there. I'm not saying this is my, not my theory personally. I'm not saying I believe this, but I want to provoke the conversation. But do you believe that moving from two-year terms to four-year terms further opened the door for corruption? Now, you can be, you got congressmen and women, U.S. Congress. They are elected to your terms. They get caught up in these games, too, and the schemes and bribery. So, but what I'm saying is that when you move from two-year terms to four-year terms, and again, personally, I stand by my original statement that I think that having more time to get things done means something. But also, when you have more time on city council, it makes that seat much more valuable because now you're there for a longer stretch meaning that you're there to not only see, you can see a project from the conversation stage, perhaps to groundbreaking, which some could argue. And again, I just want to have a conversation here. Uh, could open the door for more bribes because you got people who will be there for a longer term. I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. I want to have a conversation with you this morning at 513-873-7134. Also, what did you think about the PG Sittenfield video audio? Uh, do you think that's smart, not smart? Any opinions you have of it? Uh, I might do a separate video where I just talk about the video. Uh, like I said, I, I love the game of poker. 
And uh, my spider sense is is more sensitive than sometimes I let on, <laughs> quite honestly. Super sensitive. And um, I picked up a numerous things, um, very subtle uh, in that video. And I'm sure a lot of smart, I ain't alone in this, a lot of smart, intelligent people that might have picked up on uh, some things in that video as well. I could do a whole video, at least, I say an hour, just talking about that PG Sittenville video, and I may. I may talk about it tomorrow as well because my time is a little bit short here. Uh, my son is in virtual learning, as are all the CPS parents. And we in this together, y'all. Woo, we got the new schedule. And again, I got a lot going on. I got a brand new shows that are coming to CDM um, that I'm in various levels and stages of production on. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm going to make it happen, Captain. You know what I'm saying? We're going to have to make this happen. Um, I thought the CPS did the right thing. You know, we'll, we'll see you in January, maybe, maybe. But let me go to the phones here. We got a call coming in. Hey, good morning, and welcome to the show. Good morning, brother Stefan. Hey, good morning, Stefan. I can't call this man. Good morning, uh, Facebook. But check this out, though. I hope Tamari just get, you know, a little light, little, a time. Which I think she might get a year. What you think? I hope she doesn't do anything. What do I think is, I think that, I think that she won't do 30 months. I think if she's sentenced, it won't be the maximum as, you know, what the prosecutors are looking for. I don't think it'll be that. And if, if she gets, if she doesn't get any jail time, I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't be disappointed. In fact, I'd be elated. I'd be very happy about that. I don't want to see the sister go to jail at all. Right. Never been to jail, never been in trouble. Right. So, yeah, yeah, you, you got a point there, but it was time out of year, man. You know, what about, uh, so PG going to fight his, I'm assuming. He going to fight his, but would he get suspended too? Yeah, they're in the process of suspending him, and by them talking about the Attorney General in conjunction with the Supreme, Ohio Supreme Court. So they got a court process through that. And I would suspect that he's going to be suspended just like um, Jeff Pastor is. Wow. So, uh, thing brother brother nate man this vaccine nobody's not talking about it over in Delmore. they trying to uh mandate that people get this vaccinated get shot really over there they trying to mandate it but it actually it actually they abandoned it because people came out protesting on it and uh, I went. I seen. I seen on the website today. They said doctors say CDC shall warn people. The side effects, the shots won't, won't be a walk in the park. They say the shots will not be a walk in the park. If they CDC must be transparent about the side effects people may experience after getting their first shot of the COVID vaccine. So doctors urge doing a meeting Monday with the CDC advisors. And then Pfizer, they got all these different companies coming out now. So Pfizer... And uh, the biotech company, they they actually started there first. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to see a whole bunch of other vaccines coming out. Oxford University, different other people. You should see this, brother. It's so sad what they're doing with all the different vaccines out. And they're telling the people, these vaccines going to have side effects. You know, and, and that's not even cool that, that they even, you know, coming out with this vaccine. They, even the ladies, she was doing a study for it. She was doing a study for it, right? And she said people are going to have a, a, a toughen up. She said that people had to toughen up, she said. The first dose is no big deal. 
And then the second dose will definitely put you down for days, for sure. You will need to take a day off after the second dose after this shot. I don't want no shot gonna make me put me down. <laughs> see that? See nobody ain't talking about this, brother. See, see, we forget. We forget. I want to hold you up. We forget, brother. Back in the day, in the 1732 slavery days, brother, throwing people in, in, the, in the water, letting them drown after the shipwreck. Okay, in the 1800s, race riots, race riots, people getting lynched, everything. Uh, uh Black Wall Street. The Tuskegee experiment. Uh, 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 you can go on and on. Uh, 2015, charge and murder. They said it was the white supremacist that did that. But watch all this stuff. And now they want to help us and save our lives and all we've been going through getting killed by the police, different other supremacists was going on out here. It's just so sad, man. It's going on. A lot of stuff going on. We focus on other stuff, but we ain't focused on this vaccination, this vaccine, because when it come out, they're going to try to put it into law in the city then, in, in, in these different cities. They're going to try, but they can't do that. They know they can't do that. So it's just so sad, man, that we we still, we still focus on other distractions. We can't get too focused on other distractions because it don't mean nothing for us. But what means something to us is these vaccines that's coming out. But we don't know what's in it, these side effects. Don't even know the ingredients True. in it. True, so, I agree. So it, it, it's a topic it's, we should be on. I got a video I'm going to play yeah. in a second when you get off of a white uh -huh. dude who was one of the volunteers in the Pfizer vaccine. I've been waiting to talk about it. Your phone call is a great segue. I'm going to play this, uh -huh. and he's going to talk about the side effects. A lot of what you're saying rings true. Yeah, I, I mean, that's sad. I, I do mass studies like we've been, we've been, we've been, We've been there over for years, man. And now you want to help us? Now you want to save our lives? Get what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, brother, I appreciate your time, your call, man. Uh, we just need to keep praying, man. We need to keep praying for one another, man. Hope, hope we get the self-hate out of each other. People got self-hate on one another. We, we got to come. We don't come together, man. It's sad, man. And you know what they should do, too, brother? After these, all these, uh, these briberies was going on with these candidates, they need to do a clawback on each one of these developers they dealt with or who they ever dealt with. They need to do a clawback. They gave them some money, do a clawback. Get that, get that money back. Get it back. You know what I mean? Because it's fair and fair for the people. You know what I mean? People, especially the citizens of Cincinnati, the taxpayers, you know what I mean? Call clawback. Because all this stuff is corrupted like in the Texas, the, the uh, Texas Five or whatever. They even got Jeff Burton in there meeting with them council members one-on-one. -on -one. I read the Texas one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. So, okay. so all that stuff, huh? Uh, that's okay. That doesn't violate the Sunshine, the Open Records Act. Right, laws. but it didn't. But we, but we don't know what they gave me in that meeting. <laughs> they they talking about some money in that meeting. I, I get it. I know what's going on. But anyway, brother, man, you take it easy, brother. You enjoy your day, man. You too, brother. And God bless you, brother. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Same to you, man. Same to you. That's Brother Stefan right there. Uh, becoming a, a, a freaking voice on the show. I want to play this for you since he brought up those vaccine trials. He's right about it. That is something that we all as human beings, black, white, or whatever, should be paying attention to. I would not... Listen, I'm going to say this again. I've been saying this point. All this, they can't tell me, they can't make me. You are a damn lie. You are a damn fool if you think that the government can't force you to do something. They do it every single day. Don't you put that seatbelt on? Don't you pay them taxes? You ain't out here passing no uh no bad checks, are you? Because you already know 
bam, they coming down on you. So stop it with the whole, they can't make me. They can make you do whatever they want to make you do. That's why I keep telling people, let's take care of this coronavirus because you can be locked down and can't leave your street without going through a, a checkpoint. This city's not that big. You can shut this city down just by, you know, putting, uh, you know, two cruisers at strategic places. And believe me, the powers that be have already studied the, the grid of the city and the map. They know where to do it. They know how to do it. Stop it. I remember Ray Tensing trial. We waiting for the verdict. I'm driving through the city, driving through Coryville. I live in Coryville, right? They got they got two rollers staged in, in different parts around Coryville. Anticipating it was going to be some social unrest. Shutting it down. So stop acting like they can't do this and they yes, the hell they can. Let's not make them do it. They ain't going to make me take a vaccine. Yes, they can. Don't they? Don't your kids got to get certain shots before they go to school every year? Yes, they do. So stop with all of that. That's why I keep urging uh, to adults to do what adults are supposed to do. I want to play this for you. This is a volunteer who, who, who participated, if I can get it out, in the Pfizer vaccine trials. I only bring it up because Stefan did, and, you know, whatever happens with COVID, we all care about it, right? This could be you. Check this out. Explain the side effects I had were, I mean, this is, it, it, people may think this is funny, but it could only be described as a severe hangover. Is basically the best way I could describe it as the first shot. The second shot was just kind of a mild hangover, but the first one was a severe hangover. I had a headache. Um, when I talked to my doctor, he goes, well, you know, that could be placebo and a bunch of other stuff. He goes, what else? I go, my arm hurts. And it hurt for two or three days. And supposedly that is basically the telltale sign that you actually have an immune response occurring and I knew when I had those side effects, I was like, this is not a placebo effect. Because I expected to get the placebo. I went in expecting that. It's not like you can, it's World War II and you can go join the Army. So uh, I'm limited to, with my work, I'm very, very involved in uh, coronavirus. Every day, I, I represent firefighters. So, I mean, they're on the front lines of this thing all the time. So, I mean, our our major thing is protecting them because... You know, they're out there trying to keep other people safe, but they also need to be protected. And I figured if they're out there doing this on a daily basis, that I mean, I could do a thing and, you know, go get a couple of shots that probably aren't going to do anything to me. And then second, I mean, there's a selfish uh, side to it. I mean, if you get the vaccine, you know, you don't get the placebo, you're in a whole lot better shape than people that don't have it. So, uh, you know, I mean, that, that of course plays into it, but, uh, you know, I, I hopefully I just have a few months uh, head started. Okay, enough. Have you seen? Uh, have you seen? There's a meme going on out there right now. It's of a gremlin who's doing like uh, the thriller dance. I think somebody put it in the friends page, and the caption reads at the top: uh, "Minutes after taking the vaccine." Right? <laughs> it's hilarious. I love the age we live in. I love it 100. percent Let's go to Facebook. Let's go to Facebook. Uh, Iris Rice, remember, he had to pay his attorney. Yes, he did. He did have to pay his attorney. You're right about that. Uh, TNT writes, will the inquirer start connecting these dots or stay trolling to Maya Pastor and PG? Thanks for the investigative journalism, Nate. Absolutely. That's why we're here. And we're going to go much deeper, actually. Keep watching. Keep watching. We are just, I keep telling people we're just getting started with CDM. We're just getting started. Maurice writes, I see what's going on. The property value is going up. I go around looking for property to see if it's worth the purchase. 
Crystal writes, uh, oh, yes, I thought the same when he left. Yeah, there is plenty to explore. If Cranley goes down, there will be witnesses for the state. Maurice writes 3CDC. Uh, Dale writes, sounds like black left breadcrumbs. Uh, TNT writes, I got the Will Smith nightmare on Elm Street in my head, LOL. Yeah, Dion writes, he went to Virginia Beach. Adele writes, are NDAs legal with public affairs in Ohio? Nat writes, Tamaya is not a victim. Stop it. I'm on Facebook. Fast Pitch writes, just throw the whole council slash mayor away. Uh, make sure you check out uh, Valley Service Podcast later on today with Fast Pitch. 7 p.m. When you see the ad go out and the promos go out, please like and share it. And pl- make sure you plug in. Make sure you plug in. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Charles from Cincinnati writes, lock them all up. Worse than drug dealers paying, preying on public trust. Cowards. Very interesting. Charles writes, PG is going to walk. Yeah, Kelly says something that I made the same point, that let's say PG walks. There'll be elements of the black. It depends on what happens with Jeff Pastor. Let's say Jeff Pastor pleads guilty, PG walks. We're just speaking hypothetically. I don't have any insights on this. If he runs for uh, public office in Cincinnati, black voters will take that out on him. Maybe. They'll be like, well, he got off because of white privilege. I'm just saying, it's what I'm hearing right now. Kelly made the same point. Let me see. Nat Rice, the logic is crazy. Either they all were all shady or not. Well, I don't believe that because you got to understand how these 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 city council members work. I mean, they're a part of a collective legislative body, obviously, but they work independently for the overall interest of all of the 52 neighbors here in the city of Cincinnati. So I, I don't believe that because we've got three members of city council that got caught doing something wrong, allegedly with two of them, that that means that everybody on council did the same thing. I don't believe that wasn't one bit. I don't believe that. Now, it could be that other members of council heard things because of the privilege of their position. People gave them information. They might have heard things. But me hearing about what somebody else to do, it's not in any way culpability or the guilt. By us. I don't believe in none of that. You are responsible for your actions, period. Uh, good morning. Uh, Terry writes, she right, hell now, on Channel 5, having Brennan on apologizing again for homophobic slur, said on Hot Mike. Yeah, that's all a part of his Get His Job Back tour. There are people in Cincinnati that want Tom Brenneman to be back on the air, you know, calling baseball games for their pure entertainment. They don't give a damn about his homophobic slurs or any other slurs. They just like to hear him talk about baseball because they liked his father. So I can see that. What's more likely, uh, Jeff and PG to beat their charges or Tom Brenneman to be back calling baseball for the Cincinnati Reds as if anybody gives a damn about that. Maurice writes, I grew up downtown. I came back to Cincinnati in 2017 and was shocked to see how much this city has changed. A lot has changed. Uh, Iris writes, this should be good. Uh, Kelly writes, she is responsible, but a victim of circumstance. Um, Victim of circumstance. Um, Again, we can agree, disagree, Kelly. I, I don't see that. We all got circumstances. A lot of folks out there just got bills to pay. You got... You got, who's that? Stu Loan. Utility. You know, it's a lot of people dealing with that right now. You know, everybody dealing with that. You don't get no pass. 
because you decided to uh, betray the public trust. It don't work that way. You got to eat it. You got to deal with it. Uh, let me see. Um, Letty writes, Patrick Duhaney left at a good time because the transition to city manager would be with the new mayor. Yeah, I guess he could see the writing on the wall and he got an opportunity to do something maybe in a part of town that I don't know where he's from. I think his brother's from the Caribbean or something like that. I'm not sure if he was from Virginia Beach or has some connections or something. Uh, Tracy writes, Nate preaching this morning. Amen. Uh, Rachel writes, Nate said F them kids is the choice. Wait, said F them kids is to choose illegal activities. Oh, my children? Oh, I ain't saying F them. I'm just saying these are the rules. Daddy ain't coming. I ain't going to court. I got better things to do to go to court with some kids that have a, a lot of privileges. They grown up in my household with me and my wife. And they, yeah, I don't want to hear it. We ain't got everything by far. You know, by far, but nah. If my son and daughter decide to go out and do that, I love you. And when you get out, you always come home. We're going to feed you, take care of you, and get you on your way so you can be an adult. But I ain't going to court and do all that. Again, my parents didn't do that for me. I'm just doing what I was taught. My parents were very specific. If you do this, then you're going to do that. And by that, that means you're going to deal with it. <laughs> oh, I did stuff. And guess what? They didn't show up. They didn't show up. I had to deal with it. Uh, it makes you stronger when you got to stand on your own two feet, two feet through your consequences. I ain't here to put no cocoa butter on every little wound. You want to cut yourself? I'm not coming to give you cocoa butter. Bitch, get your own cocoa butter. Simple as that. I got me, me and my wife going to be chilling somewhere. Better grow up. Maurice writes, what about those that didn't do a crime or, but still are doing time? Well, that's different. You know, if you ain't do the crime, that's, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, you know, I got sympathy. Like I said, if my son or daughter gets caught up in something that's not their fault, oh, I'm going to fight to you to my dying breath. To my dying breath. Uh, good morning, everybody. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for liking and sharing today's show. It means everything. Uh, the show is growing because of you. And all are welcome. All are welcome. Uh, Letty writes, if PG thinks he's going to run Cincinnati after his pursuit to say he, quote, he wants to accumulate power per the FBI agent, forget it, PG. I always knew how he rolled. Babyface, who claimed to be, claimed he is innocent, he's lying. Yeah, I mean, having a pack is can be a very powerful thing, especially if you're an elected official because it opens doors for you. You can contribute money to other people's campaigns. You start contributing money to other people's campaigns, that means something. I get it. I understand it. Nat writes, my point is we can't give Tamaya a pass and stay consistent in our convictions. I hope she makes a great comeback, though. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, me too. Yeah, like, two things can be true at the same time. In fact, more than two things can be true at the same time in the sense that you can support Tamaya Denard and wish the best for her, but also hold her responsible for the issue she did. You can do the same thing with Jeff Pastor. You can do the same thing with PG Sittenfield. If, in fact, those later, those last two gentlemen, the last two individuals I mentioned, actually are found guilty. Again, I'm a big stickler on that, especially when it comes to being a black man in America. Until the evidence comes rolling in and people feel guilty or plead guilty or are found guilty, you ain't guilty in America. And as a black man, and there's a history of black men and black people in particular being abused, being run over by the system, I just won't do that. And I don't care who it is or what people think about it. That's just my style. You can take it or leave it. I'm not going to do that. I'll leave it to other people to 
you know, per their experience to draw conclusions. At this point, Jeff Pastor has not been convicted of anything. At this point, P.G. Sittenfield has not been convicted of anything. These are allegations. As I said, the boys could knock on your door right now and arrest you on whatever charges. That doesn't mean that you're guilty. I said the same thing about Tamaya Denard up until the point in which she actually pled guilty. That's just me, man. I'm going to be consistent. If it happened to you, I'm going to do the same thing. You know, what you do, that's up to you. But this is how I'm running. This is how I conduct myself. You know what I'm saying? This, my country, tis of thee, has not been fair to people like me in the legal system. The jails are full of folks that got railroaded. Full of folks. There's people that's been executed that didn't do a damn thing. That's why I'm against the death penalty. Again, I'm very consistent. You know, it's because I ain't just spitballing and doing a Mike DeWine. I'm not a human sock pucket. Wind sock. I have a spine, and there's a lot of muscles around my spine. And I use them. You know, I stand by my convictions unless I get, you know, I'm moved. I'm, I'm very movable, especially for my community. I'm very movable. If it makes sense, if it don't, it don't make sense, I move on. Simple as that. Uh, Daniela writes, fake-ass Robin Hood. <laughs> she is hilarious. Uh, good morning to you, Donnie. That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> fake-ass Robin Hood. Listen, if you missed it, it's worth your time to check out the Is It Just Me podcast. It is well, If you're a podcast person, you can also check it out on whatever audio platform you're on. Just search for it and subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, <laughs> uh, TNT writes, yes, Christopher Smithman used to be my friend. I thought I knew him. We all did. But boy, was I wrong. Well, you can know people, but that don't make you responsible for something they do. And then you can know people. And again, see, my, my thing is I was talking to somebody about this last week. I'm not perfect. And I'm not trying to be perfect. I don't expect people around me to be perfect. I don't expect nobody to be perfect. Nobody is 100% of one thing or another. We are a mixed bag of a lot of different emotions and feelings, experiences, and actions. And I take everybody I know just like that. I don't put nobody on the pedestal. And I don't put nothing past nobody. You know, people do what people do. I just take it as it comes in with the available information. I stay even killed with it. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. It is what it is. Simple as that. Uh, I have to make a move, family. Uh, Terry Rice, I want to hear those charges against Tamaya and see how they stack up against the light sentence those Evans landscaping characters got. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Uh, good morning, everybody. A lot of well-wishers saying uh, Raphael says, Raphael is black. Let me jump inside the chop shop and say good morning. I'm way past it, though. Deborah writes, good morning, Nana Choppers. Tanika writes, good morning, Nana Choppers. Cassandra's in the house. She writes, hey, Choppers, a.k.a. Storm. What's up, Storm? Um, Glizzy Gillespie <laughs> writes, good morning, folks. Nice to have a Glizzy in your life. What's up, Glizzy Gillespie? Uh, Ray Rice, Grand Risings, all. Brother Mazon Rice, good morning, Choppers. Miss Tiffany Rice, good morning, all. Sharp Rice, good morning, Nate and the Choppers. Looking forward to today's topic. Oh, yeah, most certainly. Again, look into that. What did Harry Black know? Did Harry Black know about corruption that was happening between members of city council and or the mayor of Cincinnati? Let's put it out there on Front Street. Will the mayor be the next head to roll? If you go back and look at some of these indictments, a lot of this stuff goes back to 2018 when the feds start watching people. 
I'm talking about Jeff Pastor. I'm talking about P.G. Sinfield. I'm talking about Tamaya Denard. What was the moment in which the feds got involved and said, you know what, uh, looky here, son, I think we got something here. Was it Harry Black? Was Harry Black working with the feds? Did he say something to the feds behind closed doors? We don't know. I'm speculating here. I'm doing what independent media should be doing, provoking thought. Uh, what people do with that is up to you. Uh, Glizzy writes, love Miss Nettie. We did talk to Miss Nettie, man. The show was blessed. I used to always say that when Miss Nettie called in, the show was blessed. She used to bless us every morning with her voice. Oh, I was so good. She doesn't know this. I've said it many times before, but, you know, getting up at 5 a.m., being on the microphone at 5 a.m., which means you up at 3.30. Traveling, that's the dedication I bring to the game, right? But when you get there and you realize there's people that's up, that's willing to talk with you, saying great things, it just becomes like, it becomes energy for you. You know what I'm saying? She was she was a lot of energy, a lot of positive vibes. I really appreciate that. Shout out to Miss Nettie. And she says she's going to get on the internet soon. <laughs> I hope she does. So we can hear her voice on a more regular basis. That would be great. That would be great. Tamaya 69 writes profit for mayor. What? Tamaya 69? Crystal writes good morning. What's up, Mason Mahler? Uh, Mike Jones writes good morning, Choppers. Brenda writes Cranley's phone question marks. Somebody writes hot tub Cranley. That's sharp. <laughs> hot tub Cranley. Oh, man. Tamaya 69 writes, Nathan, relax. I got a great deal. I mean, you know, uh, you know, in terms of the charges and dealing with the consequences in the legal sense, yeah, but, I mean, look at the loss of community. There's people out there that internalizing. I don't internalize the actions of another human being. You know what I'm saying? I ain't internalizing. You know, why would I internalize what Tamaya did or Jeff did or PG did? That's on them. I hear people saying this, though, like, oh, it makes us look bad. No, it don't. It makes them look bad. It might make city council look bad, but in terms of the black community or anybody else, nah. Democrat Party, I don't believe that. Mm -mm. It's those individuals. I stand by that. Nate, okay, I think I read that already. I'm, just, I'm, I'm in two different chat boxes here. Nate, since you feel so sorry, be sure to put some money on my books, dude. I'm not above that. I'm not above that. I'm not a black female. I'm a black queer. Get it straight. That's Tamaya 69. You are so wrong, man. You are so wrong. Oh, that meme is too funny. Um, see, Tamaya writes, dude, relax. I'm in great shape. You sound pretty phony. I sound phony now because I'm showing empathy for a sister. That's where we are now. A black man shows empathy for a black woman, and they call you phony. Well, damn it, I'm going to be phony. Then. I'm going to have to be phony. Uh, Miss D writes, greetings. Anyone want to rent my spot in the Baldwin building for the Lolo? You are so wrong, bro. Why are you going so hard for Tamaya? You ain't going to do that with Jeff, though. You'll definitely do it with PG, though. Uh, Mrs. Love being black rights. Good morning, fellow beautiful smart choppers. Hey, good morning to you. Uh, Ray, Ray Rice, Sharon Coolidge, and it's a thumbs down. It's a brown thumbs down emoji. Oh, I get it. I get it. But I just want to talk about that in terms of the media. I want to talk about it. See, I didn't even talk about some other things that was on the table, like the versus battle. Did you see this? That versus battle between Gucci and Jeezy changed the game, y'all. The game has been changed. The way that you do concerts, the way that music is delivered to you has been forever changed. The mofos got 
10, like 10 million views collectively, something like this, something crazy for a versus battle. That's nuts. That is nuts. And it's going to change the way music is delivered to you in the future. But we'll talk about in the near future, man. Digital is now. Digital is now. Listen, I got to make a move, family. You already know. I'll be back tomorrow, probably with part two. What did former Cincinnati City Manager Harry Black know about corruption at City Hall? I wouldn't be surprised if this topic comes up on other shows throughout the day in the Cincinnati market. Feel free. You know what I'm saying? Give a brother a little bit of credit. But, you know, if not, it is what it is. People know the truth. And you're listening to it. It's the Nathan Ivey Show, brought to you by the good folks at Sin Digital Media. Have an excellent rest of your day, family. Also, check out Midday Juice today at 1 p.m. And also check out the Valet Service Podcast today at 7 p.m., all right? Live on Facebook, CDM, Sin Digital Media. Amplifying Black Voices. I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully better than ever. Until then, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with our simple motto, winners focus on winning. Losers focus on winners. So stay focused and stay winning, and we'll talk real soon. I'm out. The Nathan Ivy Show is supported by listeners. Go to www.patreon.com forward slash Nathan Ivy Show and help Nathan keep the show independent. Yeah. Talking to my mirror like I love you so much. Curving on my critics like I heard you so what? You can't kill my confidence, I think I'm the man. Tally all the f I ever gave on my head. Lately, I've been living like.